and welcome back to Scout Talk, everyone. Today we're joined by CZTL, if I said that right. Yes, I did. I nailed it. I looked at this hat to get the confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> I try to look in the camera that way, you know, I'm talking to you guys. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking Tarkov again. And uh, some of the information that came about from the, was it Tarkov? The Girls of Tarkov podcast was like the official yeah. title. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, they have some good questions. So, you know, yeah. lot definitely of, worth it. A lot of good info in there, I thought. Um, along with that, also the fragmentation bug that was, I guess, discovered, like further discovered. There's a lot of bugs associated with fragmentation, it seems like. <laughs> but there's been new breaking ground, which we'll talk about in that area. Um, and then just now, on Friday of the first week of September, we got some quest changes done to Grenadier and a couple other possible changes as well that maybe we'll get into. And then lastly, we're going to talk about some Tarkov economy. Oh boy. Boy, I cannot wait. But we do have CZTL here. Welcome. Thank you for joining the podcast. Good to have you here. Um, I guess for those of you who don't know you, yeah, give, give yourself a, a little intro so that uh, to introduce yourself to, to the listeners so people can uh, get a bit of an idea of, of who you are and how you came to Tarkov and what kind of things you get up to. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm CZTL, or you can also call me Chris. But um, yeah, I've been playing games since I was in high school, 20 years at least. Started off with Rainbow Six. Um, mm. I was playing PUBG for a long time while my friends were playing Tarkov, and I never understood the appeal until I watched a couple streams mm -hmm. and I was like, okay, I need to join in. And they had basically already progressed through the entire, they, they played a lot of wipes, um, six, seven, eight. They're, they've been in there since like the alpha. So I was a little bit late, but like, I remember going in and like getting this crazy M4 and <laughs> the Bravo site and with the canted site on the side. And I was like, how do I switch between all these things? This is so complicated. Um, and I'm not one to steer away from a challenge. So they were like, if you have, to, you have to stick with, with it for two raids. I'm like, you had me when you got me to buy the game. <laughs> Didn't have to do anything else. <laughs> so um, basically I got the Kappa, my first wipe and almost every wipe since until they increased it to mm. uh, 71. Mm -hmm. And then I started seeing that a lot of the community would drop off around midwipe and that a lot of news would go uncovered and a lot of content would not be released. So there was a podcast that Nikita did a while ago. And that's when I kind of started making videos when he said that there was a graphics card change. Turned out there was no graphics card change. <laughs> no, he said it. Um, but that's that's how I started doing my YouTube stuff. So I do mostly YouTube um, on-demand videos. I do do streaming here and there, but I try to focus more on the on-demand videos. Um, I want to do as many science-type videos as possible, but those don't always do as well as the other ones. So I mix in some variety here and there mm. uh, just to stand out, trying to see what works, what doesn't work. That's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I guess was that um was that podcast? Is that where we were he was talking about like graphics cards spawning in PCs or something when the whole community was like they never spawn in PCs. It's just like we've changed it, you know, and everyone was like, Well, we still don't we still they still don't spawn in PCs, I've still never seen one. That kind of deal. Yep. 
Yeah. It was that that one. It might have been a year ago or something like that. They do spawn on PCs now. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. it's in the recent recent memory. Um, I, mm. I remember when that actually happened in the first place. What actually? So why were you so reluctant to get into Tarkov? That's kind of interesting that a lot of your friends were playing Tarkov and you were reluctant to move away from PUBG in the first place. Like, what was it? Was it just like having to buy another game, just moving away from the game you know kind of deal? Yeah. It, it's more about when you pick up a game, you need to devote a lot of time to it. And I was like, I'm already devoting a lot of time to like PUBG. And I, I liked the, the realistic aspects about it or semi-realistic. Um, the fact that I liked the, the style of PUBG, uh, like right when it came out, when mm. they started adding skins and everything, um, started to get a little bit more of it. But initially when it came out, it was game breaking. Uh, and then Fortnite kind of came along. And uh, yeah. <laughs> when but, did I? <laughs> yeah. I remember it's funny. Yeah. Um, you sound a little bit like me in terms of gaming. Right? It's like I actually resisted PUBG from Dota 2 for ages. Like my friends played PUBG, PUBG for a while. Um, and I was still on Dota 2 and I was like, no, oh, I'm not going to move over. Like, we've been playing Dota for like four years now. Like, I don't want to change over. And then eventually I finally got convinced to, to move back up because it had been ages since I'd played a shooter. I was just like, oh, no, I'm washed up now on FPS. Like I can't <laughs> shoot anymore. I'm old now. You know, there's no way. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, dude, after, after, play, after not playing any shooters for like four years, like your skills, they're just, they're just gone, right? It's just, you're just completely, you're done. Like, you're, you're actually just done. Um, it's like, it was so different going back. but. Uh, it's funny, like without doing that hop, I would then have not made the hop from there to Tarkov myself. So probably quite a good job that ends up finally getting convinced. It took honestly, I basically got crowbarred out of Dota Two and into PUBG. It was uh, it was like an intervention by like six people. <laughs> <laughs> Very similar experience over here. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm also a software engineer, so some of the stuff that I I have worked on, I will like make programs for in the background, or I'll do spreadsheets with macros or, or whatever to pull down the latest stats um, so if you have any questions regarding uh development definitely throw them my way nice that's cool yeah there's quite a lot of software development people within the tarkov world um i think it especially appeals to people who like complex systems which i mean mm-hmm. that's software development to a t right so uh you know, we were just talking just before about logical solutions and there's like a bunch of different like dev tools, whatever. Like the latest one that I've ended up getting into is Tarkov.dev, which I think is the, the spin-off. It's not the same, but it uses the base of the old Tarkov tools website before the guy shut that down. And um, it was uh, sad in my Discord who got me onto Tarkov.dev because that's like, that's super good. And they've got that LinkedIn and all that, you know, you can look at all the different barters and, and all that kind of stuff. You just reminded me about it. Like if anybody hasn't seen Tarkov.dev, I was kind of like, uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, but it's like, it's actually really good. You know, if you like search up an item, it'll show you like all the different ways that you can get that item. And it even includes barters as well. I, I think I've only found a, like bugs, like very, there's like occasional fringe cases of, you know, how much it costs to sell a gun back to the trader and stuff, something like that in like some very specific cases where it doesn't show you the most profitable thing. But you know, otherwise it shows you all the hideout stuff, all the barter stuff, like it's super good. But um, yeah, no, we've got a ton of ton of good people in the community working on software and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, are you still are you actively doing things like that for EFT um, at the moment? Um, the last thing I tried to do was to map out Lighthouse to a T, get every single dimension exactly correct. I went around, I used the screenshot uh, tool to get the precise dimensions 
and then they came mm. up with the rangefinder and people had better looking maps than than mine mine kind of looked like a paint drawing because <laughs> it was drawn from um like different i would classify each thing that i took as like this is a house or something like that it's the corner of a house another corner of a house so i take a screenshot press a button so i'll develop some things like that on the side that will help me gather data but not many tools that are i guess outward facing in terms of I don't know, for general use. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. There's actually this one guy who makes some absolutely insane maps. I didn't, for the longest time, I didn't realize, because I, I keep seeing him appear on Twitter. Are these called like R-E-M-R, Remo or Revo or yeah. something like that? Remo. Um, and uh, his maps are insane. I didn't realize that the the reserve map, the 3D reserve map was his one. And it obviously says in the corner, but I just like never really paid attention to it, I don't think, because I've seen him building like woods and building out Lighthouse and, and some of those maps like, uh, the, the the dude's insane like it's actually crazy he's got like every tree placed in the right place and stuff just like my mind's just completely blown um by some of the stuff that people do but uh yeah i mean i'm not a software engineer but i'm definitely more on the data and analytics end of the spectrum so i'm, I'm much more of an excel junkie so i will yeah I, I do kind of the basic stuff i'm not gonna be doing like big data scraping but uh more of the well, Church knows this, right? When I was like going into what was it? Oh, it was armor damage. I was doing armor damage for like the Tas- the new Tasmanian Tiger SK rig. And I had like probability trees with you know, does it pen? Doesn't it pen? Does it pen? Doesn't it pen? Like getting all the different like probabilities to see how many hits, whether it's a two, three, four, five shot kill, that kind of stuff. Um, it was really kind of more forte. But uh, okay, cool, dude. Well, look, it's uh, it's it's super good to have you here. Um, always good to see different perspectives we have like such a wide range of people in the community uh, that's why it's always good to good to hear from everybody but um yeah um shall we jump into the podcast um unless you have any other questions to or any other comments see no that's cool. good let's jump on yeah so there was a there was it's, and it is called like the girls podcast you can see on the forum i don't know whether we'll remember to link it or anything like that in the final thing maybe, maybe i'll try and try and my church or church will remind me to link it but um yeah they see they do this um the girls of tarkov podcast and i believe is it is it in is it actually in russian i think it's like recorded in russian right yeah i think they, yeah, they translate it is in it. russian mm. yeah and so they translate it and put it on the um on the forum <laughs> and it's it's kind of you know it's always interesting hearing Nikki to speak, but I think this one in particular was pretty cool because they asked some, not like cutting questions, but some of the kind of important questions, I think. Um, and let's just whip through because I don't want to go through absolutely everything um, unless there's yeah. anything that you guys wanted to highlight because like some of them say like, what's the newest edition for the patch hardest to work on? Da, 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 and items, sounds of dropping items on various surfaces, which I think, are, you know, they're, they're fine, but there's nothing really really important in there um what was the first piece that i really wanted to check on so they would they started talking a little bit about the mechanics of the repair kits they said like how will it work and um and w- basically will it break the in-game balance which i was like well it's just like come straight out of the gate with the important the important ask right um and nikita's basically saying look it's a function of random buffs and repairing the body armor it's planned for a long time um well, he said, I, I don't know how the translation works for this, but he says it's a logical thing and isn't imbalanced, although many are afraid that it will break the balance and it's only a small chance to receive a positive buff and it'll be a fairly rare occasion. I mean, this this thing has caused a lot of stir in the community, right? It caused a lot of stir. We talked about it a little bit ourselves. Um, 
previously. Actually, yeah, like CZT, what, what do you think about these random buffs of, on armor if you're like repairing weapons and armor? Like, do, you, do you think it fits? Do you think it could, could break stuff? Like, what's, your, what's your feeling? Um, my gut reaction is I have a feeling that there's going to be bugs with it and potentially ways to exploit it when it first comes out um, or to min-max it, essentially. You keep repairing something. Uh, or you buy a level four, for instance, and then you, a cheap level four, you keep repairing it until you get that max buff, and then you start using that, essentially, and it becomes like a tier six for the price of a tier four. Yeah. Um, it does gamify a little bit, but it could have a place in the game. I think 50% is way too high. I think that breaks all of the models that you've made, Gigabeef, um, <laughs> for your armor damage and uh, those armor stats. Yeah. But it also could be interesting. It could bring more people into it. Yeah, we'll have to see. I think I, I was trying to like brainstorm even before it's in how it could function because I'm guessing that it'll be if you repair and you have to be able to repair because currently, you know, you're not able to repair if it's at full. So you were talking about gamifying it. I was like, okay, so what's like the minimum amount of damage? Maybe it's just the one little tick. I'm not actually sure if what the minimum damage to repair something is because even if it repair, if, even if it doesn't repair it, you know, if something's at like 24.8 out of 25 or something, you can usually still repair it. But often it ends up repairing it to then like 23. Like it's a complete scam. But that may well mm. end up being worthwhile, especially if something is let's say something's armor steel so say like a current maybe right so you take yeah. a current and, you, and then you you shoot it with <laughs> p rounds with the makarov so you go in together right you both wear currents you but oh how about this you bring in an attack two bag filled filled with currents they're yeah. all insured you wear one and you go boop you wear the next you go boop you wear the next you go boop and then you throw them all into the river in the sea <laughs> and then you and then you wait a day then they all come back and you go repair 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 each one and then keep all the ones with the good buffs and then we'll go back into raid weather. So, like, I'm I'm trying to like think of ways that there that yeah. you could break this, um, even if you can only repair one time. Like, I'm I'm sure there's there's ways for this. Ah, oh, also, I guess like yeah, because you can repair partly, can't you? Yep. Does it oh. Use them? Hmm. You could also five man factory. All that. Yeah, that could that could work too. Actually, yeah, because then you don't even have to get insurance. You just just all go into factory together, and then do it that way. Yeah. There's got, there's got to be some horrible way of abusing this. There's, there's going to be some way. It's, it's going to be a video. You know it's going to be a video. Someone's <laughs> going to make it. Everyone's going to be in the comments just going to be like, why do you hate this game so much? Why would you release these kinds of videos? Hmm. And I, I'm actually curious about if it's going to, the, the, the buff that it gets, if it's going to basically make the material better or if it's going to reduce the armor damage that you take because the material does kind of reduce it so yeah it's it's going to be interesting to see how they implement it yeah i did some testing recently sure. on armor damage and it if you can pen something it always does the same damage um but in a ratio of the material so right. i'm wondering if that will still be the case yeah, we're going to see whether it works on the armor damage itself, whether it's the blunt damage you take through the armor, whether it's, you know, there's like lots of different ways it could work. It, it did seem to look as if it happened for a certain number of times. Maybe it's only like four shots or something and then it goes away. I, d I don't know. So uh, we'll have to see. But yeah, I, I'm already, uh, my, my gears are already turning about ways to kind of metagame this, sure.
Absolutely for sure. The uh, the um, devil's in the details. It's always in the details. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's always the way. It is definitely always the way. Okay, so on to the next one. So I thought this was actually really cool. Will the co-op game mode settings be expanded? There are plans to develop PvE raid capability. For example, adding tools for filming, like a free cam. Ah, this could be awesome. Can you imagine? This would be really sick. To have like a, an actual BSG-sponsored free cam would be really cool. Um, so and the co-op happy. mode will evolve. The third. Great. Mentioning that, dude, that just like, oh, that makes things so much. That's that. Oh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love it. I can't wait for that. Can't wait. Yeah. I literally I bought a second all... account to do that. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, so you can kind of record your main character from, like, another perspective. Is that the deal? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's definitely, it is definitely just, used for uh, by people, for sure. The, the creative possibilities with, with just having a free cam, it's just, like, you're imagination's the limitation there it's like it, it just completely opens out the door i mean now like everyone could be a scuff fair tx if you will <laughs> you know what i mean they could do like some really cheap animation with the pmc mouth where the mouth just opens and it's a black void and he's just talking but you know it's just like whatever your imagination can do and it's like great because you know there are these tools that are very jank and not great, you know, going behind BSG's back, if you will. Um, mm. But it's not an ideal situation for the user at all. Or because yeah. you're breaking NDA. Um, or not NDA, but uh, whatever. TOS. Thank you, TOS, yeah. So, yeah, I'm really glad yeah. that they're they're seeing the light, if you will. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's good. I mean, Nikita is... Well, I mean, basically, you've like retweeted certain videos that mm-hmm. clearly use tools that are not official. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you look at uh, someone like Yonkers videos, and mm-hmm. there's a bit where they go like over the top of lighthouse. Like, there's no way of doing that in the game currently. So I, yeah. I'm I'm glad that they are treading the sensible line towards giving people the things that they need to make content that is clearly good and the BSG clearly backs. Right. So it's just like okay, they want people to make this stuff. So here's the tools to actually do it without having to do crazy things, and then it'll just be better for everybody. I'm, I think this is. It's very sensible. It's very logical. Yeah. Not always necessarily follows that those things get added, but um, in this case, they do. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about it, actually. Yeah. And I know it's probably not like a big priority on their list, but like, I, mm. I feel like that they see, you know, like, I mean, really that the credit should go to people like Junker and these guys that do like these crazy projects and make it all work. Cause then BSG season is like, wow, you know, this is really good. You know, this is getting a lot of, I mean, it's a win-win for everybody, you know, because stuff like this can reach people outside of Tarkov, and that's new customers for BSG. It's 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 all good, I think. So, yeah, that the the latest, like the last Junker video, I think I've watched it like four times. Which one was like, that? It, it's it was cool. It's the one where the, the thumbnails got like the shotgun pointing right at the screen. Okay, yeah. It's called like the it's like Tarkov. They're all called like Tarkov wipe something. I'm gonna go and find it again. It's got it's got loads of views. Um, oh my god! It's like it's just so it's so pleasing. It's called the Tarkov Wipe Four. That's it, the Tarkov Wipe Four, and it's got the best thumbnail of all time. <laughs> and it's just so good. There's just something about it I really like. There's a, there's a, there's one part in particular which he's going through the new features of the wipe, and there's like the part with like all the guns pieced together, piece by piece, and stuff. Like the animation is like insane. It's just so it's so satisfying watching it, mm. watching it. Through like and not yeah, 
it's so good it's so good and it's funny as well oh my god it's like the perfect tackle video i love it. i love it so much i actually love it um so yeah the core practice mode will definitely evolve great this is good and have you considered adding more game modes to locations that we're used to or arena handle it so i think this is this is interesting because the long and the short of it is that arena is going to handle the like <coughs> random stuff which is kind of cool so game modes for arena will be varied including the classic modes that exist in other games but first of all we want to implement exclusive modes created for the arena oops i've managed to you know, I always do this when I'm on the official forum. I managed to accidentally click reply and then it takes you right down to the bottom and you lose your place, which is always very, very irritating. Right, let me get back to it. Hold on. Where are we? Where are we? Uh, 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 uh. Oh, yeah, here we go. For example, PvE mode, wave defense against scabs or bosses, duels between PMCs. There'll be many more interesting things. So I, I think Arena is the perfect place for this, actually. So I, I think it's sensible that they put it in there. And not necessarily in like base EFT. Like base EFT and co-op offline and that kind of stuff can you can do free cam or whatever and like look around the maps and things. But if you want fun game modes, I mean I I personally think Arena's the absolute perfect place to have all that stuff. Um I wonder what kind of things we could we could get. It'd be quite fun doing like a sort of survival waves of, against scavs and things like that, you know, four friends defend the fortress against against waves of waves of scavs. They're all killer. I, I don't know. <laughs> We're going to have to see. We're going to have to see. Would you do duels, do you think? I've done duels myself. I've, mm. I've played, or um, I've done duels in live raids, essentially. Russian roulette and, and things like that. Um, I would definitely do it. Uh, one thing I think is that could definitely be interesting about this would be, like, there are, are potential for like community inspired game modes that would come from offline co-op and then potentially be introduced in here. In what sense? Like what kind of thing? For instance, um, I don't know. Jesse did a hide and seek um, thing on the stream recently. Mm. Um, something like that. I don't know. You, you, there could definitely be like Halloween events and things like that where playing against all cultists I, I i think there's a lot of potential for random and very cool things to happen in arena yeah it, i don't know what the mechanics of bringing your stuff in or what guns that you have so i, I can't it's hard for me to imagine what like the sense of loss that you normally get in tarkov would be in arena by doing some of these things yeah that's going to be the interesting thing like we just don't know whether that is going to be shortened down i think that's, that's what actually probably one thing that could be a problem for arena is if that sense of loss is not really there and you can always just go in with a random kit i, d I don't know whether the game must really feel the same and then you may end up with in funnily enough you could and i don't want this to be the case but you could end up with the same feeling that other games that are tarkov like have ended up getting where the sense of loss isn't really there and people aren't compelled to play because it's just not the same and maybe arena won't be the same as base tarkov and people won't like it that much i, I don't know um we're gonna have to see because that's people like the fact that this gave it a, a risk and when you kill someone you take their staff and you're kind of taking their hard-earned gear there's this sort of satisfaction in killing somebody else and knowing that the gear matters right whereas if you kill someone else in arena even the guys who are good at pvp are thinking oh well you know it's now just kind of cod in tarkov do i do i care as much is, is it satisfying to kill people would i rather just kill people in labs like knowing that they're not going to get their stuff back i don't know we're gonna to have to see there's like this funny psychological thing about the base game of tarkov that keeps people coming back i'm well it'll be fascinating to see exactly how that 
how that pans out and um, how the progression cycle goes. I'm hoping they do it in a, in a sensible way that allows you to just run and gun and play, but then also there's this this level of progression too. I wonder if you're going to have a... Did they, have they said if you're going to have like a stash for Arena? Will you have an actual stash? Well, we don't know yet. We, we have no idea. I don't know. I don't think we know. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like One there's been so about... much hearsay. So I, I, it's hard for me to say anything confidence. What were we going to say? I, I think the biggest thing that I'm curious about is are, are skills going to be able to be progressed in Arena? Are you going to go into Arena and basically up your recoil skill to like max very quickly with almost no sense of loss? Mm hmm. See what you mean. I mean, I guess even if you have an actual, because they said, "Oh, you can bring your main character to arena." I imagine you'll only be able to bring your main character with stuff that you've paid for in the game. I would, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a good point. If you're able to bring your main character, or your main character is shared with the stats or something, and you just go, "Fine, well, I'm just going to play arena for three days, and then I'm going to have max endurance and whatever," because the raids are so quick. It's like a few minutes each, and there's. They've got the same skill system with the diminishing returns or whatever. So you go, well, I've just played three minutes and it's like, bam, bam, bam. It's like starting a new raid over and over. And the queue times are greatly diminished and they're over much quicker. You could get skills a lot, a lot faster if it ends up working out that way. Hmm. It's a good point. It is a very good point. It's a funny one, isn't it? Like if, you, if people don't have Tarkov, they're going to have a character. But it's not a character in Tarkov. Like if we already have Tarkov, will our arena character be separate? And then we can also bring in our PMC from real Tarkov if we want to with the gear that we've brought. This is one thing. I was watching the Landmark stream and he happened to be talking about this. Or maybe it was a YouTube mm -hmm. video, but um, he was basically... I can't remember if it was skills or gear, but he was saying like... Cause I guess him and chat were talking and it's the idea is like, you know, if any type of like crossover... It's going to be really crappy. Like, it's going to give a unfair advantage. Um, cause yeah. you know, I, like for example, with skills, you know, if you, your skills are shared between accounts, you could just go arena, um, and level up your skills very quickly. I, I don't know. It's just like, <clears throat> and I guess the thing he was saying is just like, it's just going to be a paid advantage for those people. You know, yeah. if, if it's like gear, you could get from arena and take it to whatever, you know, and maybe it, Maybe we're it's being blown a proportion. Either way, I just I just wish and hope that the they're separate and however the two games are linked is like so minuscule. We're talking like cosmetics, you know what I mean? Like, oh he's got the arena armband, oh he's got the arena outfit or you know, whatever. Not, not, nothing like Yeah, I just that that's my biggest fear. Um Yeah. Yeah. Is that armband could be found in raid? <laughs> That's, is there even found in raid arena? Like I almost I almost feel like they're just they should just cut out all the fluff. You know, like no skills, no stash, no like, you know, looting is like very minuscule, like you have to loot, you know, you press F to pick up the guy's gun, you know, you don't even like loot his body. Like I I mean that I very minimal like very watered down Tarkov, like only the, the shooty gun stuff. And then kind of like add on from there because like I, if it's gonna be like full Tarkov, and then here's a smaller wrap, small, small map. Uh, this is arena, just battle it out. You know, I just I don't know. Like I don't know if it's gonna appeal to a lot of people. Like uh, like whatever target audience they're going for, you know. And and will it even 
attract some of the Tarkov people because it's I don't know. There's so many questions behind Arena. We'll just have to wait and see. And and supposedly it's supposed to be right around the corner, if I'm not mistaken. Like they're doing the 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 testing for it end of this year, or was it like no? What was it? It was autumn. They wanted to do like the first wave of testing or something. Apparently, yeah. Uh... That's what they said. That's what they said. Don't shoot the messenger. That's what that's what they said, guys. They said that. They said it. Not because, said. like disclaimer, we're not responsible for any <laughs> misleading. Beliefs. Not responsible for any deadlines set yeah. by BSG. <laughs> oh my god! Exactly. Okay. All right. So then, changing tact. This is actually kind of this is actually kind of interesting. Um. So unconscious state. So the unconscious state will let you regain consciousness. Is this more about team play or solo players also get the opportunity to rise from the dead? Will there always be a loss of consciousness or is the probability of a fatal injury still higher? So I, I, I thought this was, this was kind of cool. I'm actually probably just going to read most of this. Um, like, because there's, there's quite a bit, actually. They said, knockouts, state, knockouts are a state of your character characterized by dizziness, partial or complete loss of orientation, and sometimes consciousness. We want everything to work interactively along with your surroundings. For example, you can slip on a ladder or get knocked off a door or behind a door, I guess is what they mean. If someone else kicks it, I mean, there's an implication there about ladders, which I'm maybe we won't even go into that, but um, you know, the fact that that doesn't even work at the moment, well, you know, we have no ladders in the game currently. So anyway, and they said in this case, after such a fall, the player will be able to stand up. Loss of consciousness is a more serious injury. That's where you need outside help. And they said, well, what to do if you're playing alone, who will help you? And they said, well, nobody will. You need to understand that if you're on you're playing solo. And that's that's honest, honestly that's fine, right? For me. And I think that's fine. We don't want to make any mechanics or exemptions specifically for solo players. Loss of consciousness is a as a random phenomenon. When playing alone, it's worth remembering the possible consequences. If you aren't sure you want to engage and don't take risks. The help of teammates is also not a cure for problems. After all, partners are not always able to quickly provide assistance. And beside anyone who tries to pick up an unconscious PMC also becomes a target. Um, and then the, the final part of this one was how will the process of losing consciousness, recovery, interaction with the environment be implemented? For now, improvements still needed. For example, while on your back, if you haven't lost consciousness, you will still be able to shoot back. So this maybe adds on to the like falling over thing that we were talking about the other day, Church, about like the shotgun shooting your legs out. Um, can't promise we'll add this mechanic in the first iteration, but it is in plans. Visual post effects and concussion, of course, will be there. The approach will be realistic. We don't like the casual implementations of mechanics. So don't expect any defibrillators. No defibs. No defibs. There's probably quite a lot to unpack there, honestly. But this it's probably the most detailed description. This is like some of the stuff that interested me the most, because I don't think I've heard Nikita talk about this in such in such detail about like exactly how it will work. Um I mean, yeah, solo players, like it's just gonna be as it is now, you know. It sucks to suck if you're playing solo and you get shot in the head and you go unconscious and then you bleed out and die. Like that's <laughs> that's just that's yeah, solo players will be well used to this level of punishment anyway. Um do, do you play mostly solo or do you play in a group, CZTL, by the way? Um, it depends when in the wipe I'm playing. Uh, okay. In the beginning, it's a lot of... I would say it's like geared 75% with groups, 25% solo, and then that alters once a lot of uh, my friends go off and do oh, other I things see. and talk off. I see, I see, I see. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, no, I, d- I don't know. There's, there's so there's so much here. Honestly, I, I was like, oh, this is this is actually pretty cool. Um, I was kind of taken back. Shoot, well, well, oh yeah, so go go for it. Sorry, I was kind of taken back when he said, uh, you know, don't expect the casual invitation. No defibrillators. Like what? That's casual to you? 
Or defibs. People, people use defibs in real life, right? People dolphin dive through battlefield with defibs in real life. Sure, yeah. surely, no. Um, the way that I imagine it in my mind is somebody goes unconscious. I guess there'll be different kinds. Maybe there'll be the kind where you die before you wake up. So as a solo player, you just die. Then there's the kinds where you would die if somebody, but somebody can help you. So if you're in a team, then somebody can like go over to you and like use an adrenaline on you. I'm hoping that things like adrenaline get used for this in yeah. some way so that you can then get somebody else back up and that the time is kind of lengthy, I suppose. Um, I mean, it presumes that you're not dead. I, I imagine like if you get, if you get your HP super low, like you're not going to come, you're not going to come back. You're, you're going to be on zero and then come back with half health or whatever. I think, you know, you, you'd have to take a headshot pretty early. Like if somebody, fully kills your character i don't think that's going to be oh you're now downed and all of this stuff like i don't think that's going to be the way it works i think it's if you take like a glancing blow to the head or something along those lines or you take too much blood loss you know actually you know maybe this is maybe this is where they're going with it that would be kind of cool because i've been thinking about this for ages and sorry i'm sort of like tangentializing as i'm thinking about stuff but one of the biggest problems for me with eft is Say you're getting shot with like 762 ps you die in two shots to the thorax you die in one shot to the head and then you die in like 15 shots to the arms something like that and that that i don't know what's the way to put it that kind of huge gap in difference between the two has always been kind of weird so this could maybe help a little bit because yeah, it's weird right the time to kill shooting legs only with non-leg rounds is honestly insane like it's super mm-hmm. high but you could like maybe black out from like blood loss or whatever with this mechanic. And I think that would actually help. Like I remember being, I mean, you know, I just take it for granted now because we've been playing for so long, but I remember playing in like my second or third wipe or something and shooting it out like six times with 762 PS and being like, how is there no mechanic to like, how can that guy just turn around and headshot me? This is ridiculous. Right? It's insane. The dude's like going to be leaking out of like six holes. Like this is, this is completely bonkers. Um, I remember being like, infuri- it's actually probably the most infuriated I've ever been about a telecom because I was like back when I cared as well. I had like a decent kit on mm-hmm. and I had like proper gear fear. And they do like shoot the guy six times with PS rounds and the guy turned around and just shot me and killed me. And I was like, no, I had to take a proper break. Like I didn't play for a day. I was so <laughs> mad, dude. Honestly, it was like second wipe or something. And I was like, getting like probably getting into it, maybe third wipe. I'm not, I can't remember now. And um, I was so mad, but I still remember that now. And ever since then, I have thought like, oh, I wonder how they deal with that because yeah, that it's not. It's really not ideal. Um, and maybe this is maybe this is the way. Maybe this is the way to deal with that in like a sensible fashion, without putting any more mechanics in or putting in like I always had in my mind like a, you know if you had like a shock health bar or something, but you yeah. could do like like that in this. So you take you take two hundred damage in a short space of time, and you you get knocked unconscious. You know what I mean? Um, again, the breakpoints and thresholds, and it's going to be so many, sure, you know, you shoot sure. somebody in the leg with the Ash 12, and they always, always fall over and go unconscious, whatever. Like, I'm sure there's some gamey way that it's going to get, it's going to get mm-hmm. removed or, or not work properly, but um, that's kind of how I imagine it. But I mean, yeah, uh, the game's slowly going to get harder for solo players, and I think I think that's okay, um, honestly. It's, it's, it's what we signed up for, personally. We know, we know, we know about it. But um, yeah, that combined with being able to potentially shoot when you're when you fall over, it does make the shotguns making you fall over thing feel a bit better to me. Um, like if you threw you into prone or threw you on your back or like if you get knocked over by a door, you get shot by a shotgun, you can still shoot from the floor. You're not just like immobilized. Because we were talking about this previously about how it could be really problematic if you fall over and there's like stand-up animation and all of this stuff, if you get knocked down, how toxic that could be. Um, 
hopefully that plays into this particular mechanic that he's talking about. I mean, I feel maybe this is like super copium. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just not going to work at all. But I, <laughs> that's how I would. This is how I'm hoping it's going to go. You, you, you kind of like you kind of getting my like vibe of like where I think that they they're going to take it. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking like Daisy. Kind of what I'm thinking of, like to analogize it or analog it, I guess is the better word. Um, I mean, I'm kind of for it because, like, I mean, for example, when you were talking about your, you know, story of where you shot that guy six times and he didn't die, you know, I reminded me of one of my buddies who was like on a player scab on reserve and he had a PPSH and he was like crouch walking, sneaking up this PMC on the stairs and he'd got like 31 hit counts on the guy and he didn't die and he was just like infurious and we were like you know we were all like season players like bro you just got to shoot him in the unarmored parts you know it's just like mm, actually you know we're kind of like it's like we've gotten so understanding and broken down these systems to like down to the t so we know like okay this this you have to do these specific things whereas like with maybe the you know unconscious state if you got hit 31 times in your armored chest dude that would probably hurt dude you might have some broken ribs you know you might be like lost of breath or something like you probably would fall over right and i think it's interesting too because like you like thinking of daisy again is like let's say you shoot someone they fall over well if like of unconscious states is like oh did he die is he just knocked out like you now you need to go up to him you know, find the body. Like, let's say he's in woods and he falls over in tall grass. So now you got to go find the body, shoot him again to like ensure he's dead. You know, and that's all. Like, it, it really adds like different late. Like, do you wake up there in that time? Like, do you play dead? And you know, like Daisy, I know you can. Like, when you wake up, I think you can. I think depending on how you fell, you may automatically roll on your back, or maybe you wake up on your stomach and you can roll. But, you know, like in Daisy, of course, you can do all these really cool actions. Like you can roll on your back yeah. and swing out your gun. Um, I don't know. I think I think it could be really cool. I mean, I I was doing a, a quest to the other day yesterday. I had to kill. It was a day they had to kill PMCs on interchange with the headshot 50 meters away. And um, I was like, OK, I can do this because interchange is kind of one of my comfort maps. And I had a, uh, a PSO scope on an AK and... I just try to like get in these spots at distance and I end up shooting one guy in the head and he tanked it because I was using BP rounds in the five four five um because he had a class four he had like the ZSH helmet without the face shell, like just the helmet. Oh. Yeah, I know. It was really odd. But uh weird. Yeah, it was weird. <clears throat> Anywho, you know, if unconscious state maybe he falls over in that case, I don't I don't know how they'll do all the implementation, but I think it's a cool mechanic because like the, the the other thing I wanted to mention was have you guys seen Jesse Kazam's post? I think he did like a Twitter post and a YouTube post. Like, would you rather the scenario he said it was like, would you rather have a one X and like the best ammo in the game or you know, M eighty and a voodoo and, and like or a one X and a six X, you know? And it's just like every time I would take the scope because that the 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 scopes like you can get so so much distance on them you know <clears throat> that you can really get these precise shots that you can't really do with the 1x so something like a shotgun like it may you know this change with unconscious state it may buff shotguns more to make it more effective at like 
you know, knocking people out or whatever the case may be, or just making them fall over. But I just feel like the scope, dude. I cannot like my meta kits, you know, pretty much most of them include the the voodoo or vortex because of the, just having that yeah capability is just like unmatched, right? Yeah. Um I don't know. I'm I'm kinda like I'm excited to see what will happen. I'm sure there'll be bugs and what iterations that need to be improved upon, but I think it's a cool realistic feature that adds even more depth to the game. Yeah, for me, it seems like they're going to be adding a lot more player states for health, number one. Number two, player movement mechanics, it seems like. If you're by, if you're by a door and then the door gets kicked in on you, you just get knocked over. You're not necessarily going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. You're not, not looking at it or whatever. Um, so I wonder if things like inertia, like if you're running full, full speed with a mule... If when you stop, you fall over or different things like that, or if you are like jumping down from like a ledge or something like that onto something that's not completely flat, if you might slip or something like that. That's one of my thoughts about potentially where they could be going with this. Um, And then there's also health mechanics, like is the golden star going to be like the most overpowered thing now? Cause it removes contusion. <laughs> um, it may be, uh, but it seems like they're adding different unconscious states. And I'm actually, I wish they would actually use the defibrillator in game and allow you to bring that in because that's a very expensive item mm-hmm. to sell the traders and not having it have a purpose seems a little wrong when, I mean, there's certain situations like, for instance, if someone maybe goes into shock and the, their heart stops, where you could actually use a defibrillator and potentially like get their heart going again at a normal rhythm. I'm mm-hmm. not an EMT. I, I've never used one myself, but mm-hmm. it's it seems like an opportunity there to essentially potentially risk something and actually use something to help save a friend when you might need them. Uh, so, so you have the, yeah. the sense of risk and loss and it's not like they're going to come back full health. It would be like, they have to sit there and um, like heal up all their, their limbs, essentially. Yeah. Final thing is shooting while knocked down. I wonder if it's, I'm thinking it may be just pistols that you're able to do. I, I wonder how heavy a gun has to be before you can't, shoot it because i mean some of the some of the really decked out guns can be like 10 kilos or whatever and that would be very hard to shoot in a semi-unconscious state kind of from the ground especially if you're kind of upright a pistol seems a lot more manageable so it couldn't incentivize people to bring in pistols more which that would be a good thing that's a pretty cool idea yeah can you imagine just like you get you like smash the door out on some guy and he's like laid out on his back and then you like come around the corner and you just get lit up by this the guy with a huge SVD he's just like <laughs> off his back and just kills you. You're like, oh my God, it's so annoying. Yeah, I don't know. It's funny. There's like a few different ways. It's, it's, it's going to be complicated for them to actually implement all this stuff because there's kind of, they already have prone and they have on the side, but then you have to have on your back shooting that way. Will you, have, right. will you be able to shoot this way on your back? I don't know. Is it just like on your back, like shooting back along yourself? 
I guess that makes more sense. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's confusing as to like how that's going to be. Um, and Judge was talking about like Daisy. I was just like, can you imagine just like waking up in Tarkov and like you just don't have any stuff anymore? Like you got, you, so you, cool. go, you black out and then you like, you wake up and you just don't have anything. Like they've just completely stripped you and just left you in the middle of woods. Like <laughs> you just got the Red Rebel on you. That's it. And you're like, oh no. <laughs> that that could make for some very interesting content. Um, you, you take someone's like someone's stuff and then you just revive them or or bring them up. Mm. That's true. <laughs> you could bring them back, yeah. Even if they're solo, because like Tarkov doesn't usually. I know there's some mechanics where it does, but Tarkov doesn't usually distinguish between friends and foes or whatever. So you just like take all the guys' stuff and then just like adrenaline and run off. Just like all right, see you later. <laughs> or you or get your grenadier kill. <laughs> Exactly, Grenadier is perfect. Body dragging plus fight. So you, okay, so you, you headshot the guy. He's like unconscious. You like drag him into the nice clear area. You like run 125 meters away as fast <laughs> as you can. Just <laughs> get shoots of one in heaven. Just like <laughs> I wonder if that will actually count as a kill if you shoot them while they're in an unconscious state because they're not dead. Yeah, I guess, it, I mean, it depends, I guess so. They're going to have to put all these, like, shooter born in heaven from 125 meters whilst not, well, not in this particular unconscious state and blah, blah, blah. You're, like, waiting for them to stand up, you know? You're just like, wait, wait when are they coming back? When are they coming back? Okay, here we go. Bam, off they go. Yeah. Um, dude, it's going to be funny. I mean, it's cool. I'm, I'm actually excited about this feature, honestly, because it depends on how they do it. But I think there could be some cool stuff with this. Uh, it's not all doom and gloom. I think when I first when they first talked about like falling over just on its own, I think I was a bit concerned. But in conjunction, because we were talking about that recently, in conjunction with all this stuff, I, I feel like it might actually be pretty cool. I'm pretty excited. Anything else, guys? Should we move on to the next one? Have you got any other final comments on the on that piece? All good here. All good. Okay. Um, oh, there was one one final final bit which that's sort of related, but I guess like they said, will it be possible to pre-inject drugs so as not to lose consciousness? And he said, theoretically, yes, but it still doesn't save you from the possibility of losing consciousness if you're on low on health, sustained injuries, fractures, whatever. Conditional adrenaline can only temporarily delay the loss of consciousness. Let me remind you that such medicines will have their own penalty. With regular use, there'll be decrease in efficiency, increasing addiction, and so on. And this aspect will be improved. You can't just inject all the available stimulants into, into a character and rush into battle without consequence. <laughs> I just like got funny mental image. Such experiments on the contrary can lead to the deterioration of condition or the death of the character since some of the medicines are basically simply um, contradict each other and cannot work together. So, I mean, you're going to be able to kill yourself. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. If you just go in just like completely like stimmed up. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, about how the PMCs in the game, and maybe this is the way that the law is kind of supposed to be, but you know, you're not just like a regular soldier. Like all the people who like play Chad style gaming are all just like actually just like you know, cracked up, like proper juice, you know, it's like completely unstoppable people. Because I was thinking about it, if you're wearing like a full meta kit and you're wearing an Alton and something decent on with your armor, once you're painkillered up, like even just pre-painting in Tarkov right now, people are just complete juggernauts because you, you yeah. can't slow somebody down. Even if you shoot them in the legs, break their legs, whatever. You just like, once people are on painkillers, everybody's just, it's, it's just a juggernaut style, right? Max and Aaron's um, helps a lot with that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just like super stamina and mm. the brakes don't really have any effects. Um, it's it's kind of interesting. We're, almost, we're gonna have to see the way that they go with that, I think. But we know that addiction's coming. Um, a decrease in efficiency of your of your stims as you use them over time is kind of interesting. I think you have to sort of use them sparingly. I guess it'll be 
the effect will go away as you use them less. And then so you have to kind of like balance it. Like, do I when do I use the stim? Am I going to use it now? Um, otherwise, I'm going to start like increasing the. I wonder if you get yourself in a downward spiral. If you've got like addiction, but then decrease in efficiency, I wonder what that means. I mean, I, I'm assuming addiction is just going to mean you're going to get tremors and stuff if you don't use them. So you could just like not use them and go cold turkey and then get yourself back to normal. But Maybe some post effects or added mm-hmm. on. I don't know. Yeah, that's... Is there an addition, addiction like skill right now or don't anything that pertains to that? Not that I'm aware of. I think so. No, because I guess it wouldn't be a skill, would it? It'd be something slightly different. <laughs> yeah. It'd be like an, an anti-skill. It'd be like, yeah, um, dude, I got something that you level addiction. by taking. <laughs> yeah, you just need to take morphine when you get into yeah. a raid. Or dude, these like max the, um, addiction perks are so good. <laughs> it, it's gonna be like potentially. You're out here. It's gonna be like that uh, pre-wipe event that they had. Where you die if you don't if you're not on whatever it is, potentially if you take them all the time, that would be interesting. Yeah, I just, I just don't feel normal without my propital. You know, I just <laughs> gotta have one as we get in the raid. Gotta need that propital. It's gonna be like it's gonna be so memey, honestly. I <laughs> see. That's the thing. I wonder if it's gonna be worth it for chat players who have infinite money to just still be on Sims all the time. That would actually be kind of interesting. So they yeah, do have to just be juiced up continuously, and it's like. They're addicted, but like it's also okay because it's a net benefit for the game. It's, like I, I don't know the way that they want to take it with law. I think it's going to depend on like what our character is supposed to represent and who we're supposed to be and what terror group's doing. I actually think there's going to be some interesting story elements to this as to how they want these mechanics to work, as to whether they want to incentivize people to use them and say that, ah, oh, well, you know, it's good for gameplay, but you're going to have this downside. That if you don't use them, you're now screwed. Um, I, I think that's like potentially an interesting thing. It's like you could play the game normally use them sparingly um in the regular style or yeah you you take the downside but you're gonna have to use them every way and every way you don't use them you're basically like you're basically committing to spending money on these stims or doing raids getting them however you're going to get them in the future so you can't get them on the fleet or whatever like infinitely i don't know you're sort of committing yourself to okay i'm gonna i'm gonna play, play the uh junkie lifestyle you know yeah. and i'm always gonna have to be going to get these things getting these stims but it's a net beneficial for, for gameplay it, i i could see that playing out quite interestingly actually Preppers are certain. <laughs> Sorry, like labs say. mains. Yes, there's some maps. It would be horrid that like woods mains would never do that. I don't think there's really no way to get it, and your raids are much longer because the maps are bigger. Yeah, but it would be a good money sink. Um, potentially take money out of the game, buying mm-hmm. a bunch of stems when you wouldn't need to do it before. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. They should um, just go full meme and have therapists offer a twelve-step program. <laughs> Going clean <laughs> for only two thousand um, rubles. Therapist rehab. Yeah. It's gonna be a quest. Yeah, exactly. that you need for Kappa. You have to go through rehab with therapists over like two weeks. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, uh, remember when funny. they had the remember when they had the fence rep um, quests? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm. I definitely can imagine this. I, I like not even memeing here. I can definitely see this in like them introducing <laughs> something like that in the game. 
Because like people who killed Santa a bunch, they like had a, a way to to bring them back to normal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense actually. Yeah, this is like there's a way. There's a way out. You know, you're not stuck there forever, just in junky yeah. hell. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> God, now that's that's got me thinking of a whole like the toilet foot. Now, oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. So, so that's the next part. They said so. This is very short. Scavs bosses and other bots. They will also lose consciousness as well as AI controlled scavs, raids, and rogues. Okay, so you know, hopefully, we'll continue to bring scavs and the AI and bosses, whatever, into parity with PMCs. You know, we've tried to do that with inertia. We still don't necessarily have all of that ironed out completely, um, especially with ammo and various things about the ai but that's that's a whole that's a whole another story that's a whole another story now the next question i don't know how long we're going to spend on this honestly they said are there any plans to balance players in some way after all there are players who can't play often and there are some who devote weeks to ift interrupted only by sleep and food perhaps it's worth somehow balancing the progression like increasing the amount of experience gaining raids i mean the the first two words coming up to me when agita just said not really So I don't think they really care. Um, I mean, it's just like, you guys can read it yourselves if you want, but he said, like, there's a lot of people, there's really a lot of those who spend less time in the game. Um, there's very few players who sit on target for hours and end, and only a few percent of the total. I would say that now now everything is, uh, not say that now everything is horrible in terms of progression and experience. It's just average players refer to those who play the game a lot, and they see their progression. Um, someone who spends two to three hours a day and someone making it the meaning of their life. It's it's different, you know. It's, there's a difference there, and you probably shouldn't react so sensitively. It's individual choice how much time they can devote to the game. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't think there's really much. There's there's much to there, to be honest. Um, the only other things he was saying, like he watches the speedrunners to see what they do, obviously, because people are kind of like shortcutting parts of the game. And he said previously the periods of progression and gaining experience was very rapid, and it's not right. Um, and some of those things don't apply to people who play it slowly and calmly and they're trying to make the game more difficult firstly for those who play too fast and try to run the fastest they're always players burning with the idea of completing the game as quickly as possible and they will always complete it eventually it's an endless process so i don't know he's basically saying like no we're not really going to change it i I think this makes sense and i think we're starting to get towards the progression that makes sense for the average player so to speak and it's what me and church talked about a ton of times about how really bsg needs to like kind of press on the up the top end of players which also has the plus side of fixing some of the end game issues as well. It's like more money sinks, making it harder to reach the the actual end, making it take more money or things to need to be replenished or whatever as, as you get to the the end end game. And like balancing out of that that curve, you know, making things easier for people at the beginning also makes it easier for people at the end too. And so trying to tilt tilt it rather than doing like a parallel shift for everybody, trying to tilt it, I think is is sensible. So I kind of I agree. I sort of agree with Nikita, honestly. I think I think it's fine. I mean I keep having I keep flitting back and forwards myself between the game should be really hardcore, but then like it's really hard for new people to get into mm-hmm. it. The game's so like it's easy to make money in Tarkov. It's the thing that's said a million times. Mm-hmm. When you're on your first wipe, it is not. Right? Yeah. And that is something that is fundamentally um, not an issue necessarily, but it's something that the game has to deal with. And I, th- I feel that the early game is now probably set quite well for people in, in wipes like one, two, three. You know what I mean? And then it's the it's the people after that that are the issue. It's it's us lot that are the problem. You know they need to, to start pressing down on us. So I agree with this. I agree. What do you guys think? I mean, for me, it this is tough because. 
the way that the game is now, in order to get your skills up and to essentially be harder to kill or do things better, or not need as much food, etc., you need to kind of rush through the map. So it actually like does the opposite of what they're trying to do with the diminishing returns. So I feel like they need to bring that back into parity to give the average player who probably spends a lot more time in raid for their couple of raids, like to kind of re- reward them a little bit more for staying in longer. Because it's the longer you stay in, like the harder the staff, the scavs get, um, the more likely you are to die to player scavs. And it that's like one or two more raids that you can't do. Um, so that that's my thought on it. They need to potentially make the skill system a little bit more forgiving for people who enjoy to have an immersive raid rather than go kill someone, run, get out, repeat, keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. I, I mean, they have been slowly decreasing the effect of skills. I mean, this is why we're seeing the massive difference in people running max strength. You know, it's like huge change. I was talking to um, someone in, dis- in my Discord who always gets to max strength, and he was like, I can't wear any kits. Like, everything used to just be basically free weight now, and now it's just the, the guns. Uh, it's a huge difference, huge difference. So I think they are slowly diminishing the skill systems. It's not as impactful, but, like, it still makes a big difference, right? And it still takes an ungodly amount of time to do it. I mean, I was looking at my stats and I was just like, dude, I'm like only like mid 20 strength and like late teens endurance. Like, oh my goodness. You know, it takes, a, it takes a long time for the average player to, to get skills. Um, it's definitely true. So they could, they could make that a little bit more forgiving. I think even still, they changed perception this white to make it not, you know, the hearing differences, not as much. Just, just delete that skill. Just delete that one. It doesn't make sense. But yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps for sure. Oh, uh, one thing I want to mention quick. I did like this last line that I want to read, or paragraph rather. Um, Each player Mm. has a chance to kill the fully geared player and hit the jackpot. This is from Nikita, by the way, the the transcription I'm reading. Uh, You can always throw a lucky grenade and destroy a whole squad and bring a lot of bright emotions. Of course, there will also be unbalanced moments, cheaters, bugs, desyncs. We understand this and are working to address these issues, but in general, we cannot create the perfect vacuum and balance in all aspects and at all levels. There will always be a certain degree of inequality among players. This needs to be adapted to the situation. There is no perfect balance. Try to play for your pleasure, allocating your time and resources. And I kind of like that. I like the statement you made earlier. It was like, you know, you throw that lucky grenade, you kill that squad. It's like a really big moment. You know, if like there was like some like gear you know, matchmaking thing where people come in with equal gear, you know, it's just like, it's not as exciting, you know. Um, you don't really get those, like, big moments, uh, I feel like. Mm. Um, so I kind of like, I do like some of the inequality, um, but I do think in general that, you know, as you said, Giga, um, when you had that analogy of making the, you know, low levels a little bit easier, making the high levels a little bit harder. I like, I kind of like that that curve, how that plays out, <laughs> instead of just raising the bar for everyone. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, and I, and I'm I'm super hopeful and looking forward to this a uh, skill rework system because I I definitely think that it is really you're like actively hurting yourself by not um speed running the raids if you will in terms of leveling your yeah. skills because you you miss out on that bonus progression and whatnot that or you just sit 
five minutes not playing the game AFK until you're until you reset your um what is it digression or, or whatever back to a hundred and then you start it again. So it's it's I don't know. Not my favorite system in the world. You know, in writing and writing scripts, you go go write some YouTube scripts for five yeah. minutes, go back. <laughs> my my favorite set of quests of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or going into barbed wire. That's another fan <laughs> favorite. That's a good one. Vitality <laughs> three, baby, every wipe. Every wipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh I, I, I do like the disparity though. It gives people new to the game something to look forward to, like Okay, I want to progress to be like that one day. Yeah, it, it it gets people who want to play the game more to play the game more if they have time. Uh, instead of just everyone's on equal playing field, you might get kind of get bored of it a little bit more quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they've showed us the stats. Like, I forget how many people had like max strength and max endurance last wave. I forget how the exact number of people who got capped out, but it was a much lower amount than a lot of people thought. It's just when you run raids kind of later into white, you're most likely playing with a lot of people who have been playing all white. Yeah. So that's there is a, a barrier to entry. Yeah, that's a very good point. Somebody made um, an interesting observation on one of the... I think I can't remember what I said in particular, but somebody looked at what I said and was just like, well, it's interesting about how even though if you take, I think it was on one of the polls that I did. So the polls of like player level. And it's interesting because even though the player level distribution looks a certain way, because people at the upper end of the experience curve obviously play more, you're actually more likely to run into people higher up the curve than you would think based upon just looking at the average player level. So you look at the different buckets and say zero to 10, you know, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, da, da, da. But those people who are like 50 plus, they play like five times the amount as somebody in the middle bucket. You're five times more likely to run into somebody at the end. So even though there's, there might be 10 times less many players, it's actually only half as likely to run into somebody who's level 50 than it is to run into somebody who's level 30, which I actually hadn't really thought about before. It was like a, the next step logically. Um, and that, I guess, the combination of the, the frequency of people playing raids versus what their actual level is um, and whether that matters or not. Which is which is kind of interesting, but um, yeah, I do think in general people do typically overestimate the average level within the game, and it's partly because what do people see mostly? They see content creators, they see streamers. You don't normally see the average dude playing um, regularly, and so it it just it bleeds into, and then yeah, and then this this element of the fact that you run into these people because they're playing more raids too, it kind of then bleeds more into the psyche of the wipe. Like I mean, I get comments now on my YouTube being just like, "Lol, mid wipe," you know everyone's running class six and i'm just like it's not true man like it's just, it just isn't true and people write it all over my videos and i'm just like it ain't, it ain't true it's, just, it's actually not true um but there's but there's definitely a perception of that but uh yeah i think there's there is some element of i agree with you there's some element of like oh, i want to be able to play like that one day you know i want to be able to use tier five armor without worrying about it kind of thing like it, it took me a long time to use class five armor without feeling like you know i was just a walking pinata um it, it did, did take me a while and uh I mean, in some ways, I'm still getting that. I don't really use altins and that kind of thing because uh, I, I just need to practice without being able to hear. I genuinely do because I like I use it hearing as like it's so much of a crutch. Um, it's so important to I don't, I don't know I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> it's uh, it's an interesting one. This this next one 
was pretty funny. This is not really anything. They said about the injector case, why was it re- why was it reduced? But I mean, uh, to be honest, I think everybody knows it was just way too big at 4x4. Like 3x3 makes way more sense. But what was funny about this is that they said, game designers, I just thought it was a funny anecdote. Game designers are always adjusting certain characteristics and features. For example, it used to be possible to endlessly stack bags into other bags. And a funny bug happened. One player had problems loading their profile. They just couldn't log in. As it turned out, they happened because this happened because they had 600 bags all in one bag. <laughs> Our employee corrected the situation by removing the bags and sending the player his backpacks in the in-game mail. And the ability to stack, stack bags, I guess, down to this depth was, of course, removed, which is pretty hilarious. Somebody stacked bags so much, they broke their game and couldn't log in anymore, which I, I thought that was just really funny. <laughs> it gave me a good chuckle when I read it. Um, we've spoken before previously. I'm just going to quickly skip through a couple of these so we don't run out of time. Um, We've spoken previously before about grenades. Now, if you don't label them specifically with hotkeys manually on the inventory, you pull out a random grenade when you press G, which sucks. They say grenades need to be prepared beforehand. It's on purpose. It's not going to get changed. It's annoying because honestly, it doesn't really benefit gameplay. It just kind of is a bit a bit rubbish um, and incentivizes people just to use one grenade only. But that's just the way it is. Will Steam Audio stay in the game? Nope, it'll be replaced, but we talked about that quite a lot with Spectator 6 last time, but maybe not necessarily the biggest problem ever. He actually has a, Spectator 6 has got a big, like, hour-long video on his YouTube channel, by the way, that he posted after our Scav Talk thing, because he went into so much detail, and I think wanted to do the topic justice. So if anybody's interested in that, and hearing from somebody who knows his stuff, then definitely go head over to his channel and, and listen to that. Um, I listened to so probably the first half hour, um, again, the other day, while I was, like, editing and stuff, and uh, it was super interesting. So yeah, go go and check that out. Um, and then I think like a lot of the rest of the stuff is about sound. So there's a bit about ambient sounds, not that important. And then if you lie on the floor, you can hear sounds from below. If you stand on the bed in the building, you'll hear sounds from above. Is it possible to fix this? Or will this issue remain? Um, and I said that I've said many times, if the player looks in the direction of sound, they'll hear sound better. But we're, we're definitely going to fix it. It has bugs. Hopefully, this comes with with a Steam audio change. Um, I if they get rid of that and then try and fix some stuff. It really is just on them to do the work, I think, which is, oh dear, it's it's a it's a whole thing, isn't it? It's a whole thing. Do you do you use Steam Audio, CZTL? I'm assuming you probably do. Or... Yes, a hundred percent. It it for me is a game changer. Um, I remember just going to resort and thinking that you hear someone in front of you and they're three levels above you, uh, or not hearing something or. You just can't interpret the audio that well without it. But yeah, I I understand. Like we're only using, I think one module from it right now. Correct? It could be two yeah. or three, but it's it's a low number. And I definitely think it's good. But there are alternatives. Uh, mentioned in the last podcast. So yeah, exactly. I, well, hopefully, they can do something sensible. Um, we're, we're just going to have to see. We just got to have to trust them and just let them get on with it, right? There's, there's nothing else that we can we can do. I don't think it's, it's sad, but uh, it's just it's just the way that it is. I mean, I think they said. Um, did they actually say something in particular? Yeah. So okay. So actually, maybe it is interesting to read out what they actually said because he said the main reason for leaving Steam Audio is the lack of involvement with the authors of this technology. We haven't received any potential solutions to our ideas from them, so we'll be moving away from this solution in the near future. Which is kind of interesting, right? Because this is always the problem if you have a third party piece of software. You're reliant upon them to fix bugs. It's not your code. Right. And so you you can't just say, I think it's, it's, again, it's what Spectator was talking about, but you just have to report a bug to them and let them work on it. And 
that may not be good enough, especially if you're one of many projects that they have that are working on, on that stuff. And you might have some very particular niche use cases for it, such as incredibly complex maps with you know moving audio sources and all this stuff that may be a really hard computationally to, to do and it's, it's not going to work. So it, makes, it kind of makes sense. It kind of makes sense. I, I, I see it now. I, I'm, I'm now. I'm now less. I'm less sad would be the wrong word. I'm still sad, but I understand. You know, I'm not. I'm not upset anymore. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> yes. So I know exactly what they're talking about because I mean I wrote software for a living, um, and Steam Audio is open source. Whenever there's a bug with it, uh, the only thing that you can really do. Because you don't know the ins and outs of Steam Audio. You could make or propose changes, and they could or could not accept them. But that requires you to develop their piece of software. Um, whereas you, so you, can, you can do it, but it may not be the direction that they want, so they may not accept it. So it may be wasted effort. So I can definitely see where they're coming from. I get frustrated when there's um, issues with the stuff that I'm using open source. Um, I usually try to flush those things out before I choose to use those things. But I, I mean, if they're having those issues, like it is a, a big time sink in development. Yeah, I guess it's one of those things. It's like you don't necessarily always know where you're going to hit the snags before you use this stuff. Like, yeah, you try and flesh it out as best as you can, but it's hard to know until you actually do something, and then you go, oh well, I didn't, I didn't realize that that in particular would be a problem, or like, oh, there's this particular incompatibility that doesn't make make sense, or oh, there's this specific feature of the way that we need it implemented, which means the computation time is like five times what we expected, and so it won't run in real time anymore. Like all of this kind of stuff, which it's it's hard, right? Like running stuff like this in in real time is is tricky. You don't you don't get time computationally wise to do the things you want to do you have to make shortcuts and, and get these things to work in in a sensible way that so that people can actually run them on their pcs like talk off a bit of a beast already right you imagine like having all five steam audio modules on top of lighthouse like god i was playing lighthouse the other day i had like 35 fps scoped in i was like man something really feels scuffed like it's gotten worse for me recently i don't, I don't know why but yeah no i i, I get it I, I i get it i think it's, it's sad but it's just the way it's just the way all right, what else? What next? What next? What next? What next? I'm going to have to keep, keep up the pace. I'm going to have to keep up the pace. I was going to run out of time. It talks a little bit about endurance, but it's more about just leveling of skills. I think it's that interesting. And they said about flea market reputation. Why not also level it by purchasing items? And they said flea market rep and offer limits are hard for a reason. We do not want to make them easier. Every offer the player puts up must be weighed. Well, they said weighted, but I think they mean weighed. Players should not sell screw nuts, wires, and other garbage in bulk. <laughs> this is a very complex topic in terms of balance. In a way, the introduction of the flea market at the launch made the game a lot easier. We had to cut its features, introduce restrictions, because it didn't work properly, and the players, I think they mean didn't work properly, not in a technical sense, but in a balance sense. The players just got everything they wanted all at once, and that's not how it should be. Auctions in this regard, by the way, would be more appropriate. We still think about the, fl- the fate of the flea market. It's still an important aspect that needs to be well implemented, or removed completely. Hmm. First time I have ever heard them talking about removing it. Anytime I've heard a previous reference about yeah. the flea, Nikita has said we are not removing this feature from the game. But yeah. as more stuff gets deleted from the flea, no ammo, no high tier guns, all the armor's gone. You know, now it's the what? What was the last one? M1A and the SR25. They're also gone. But it's, it, it's coming. Yeah, it's it's moving. We're getting there to a point where it's going to be only barter items. You mm. know, like, and then you've got a limit of two. 
So right, it's a real pain. Like, a lot of people, well, I was talking about this with chat the other day. A lot of people don't bother going through and selling every single individual thing because it's such a waste of time. Well, honestly, yeah. I mean, I was going to say weapon parts are the most annoying thing to sell because even though they might sell for a lot, um, like you can do a, a you know 300% markup than what the vendor's selling it for, they take forever to sell because now it's not in high demand. Whereas like wires, you know, that's just like constantly being circulated, you know, yeah. there's constant demand for that. Um, and it's true. so painful to slots to sell weapon parts. Like, uh, like I hate, I honestly hate looting weapon parts now. Like, cause it's just so annoying to have to, like what, what I do is in between raids, I list weapon parts because that 20 minute block of that raid or whatever will probably free up that one slot. And if it doesn't, then you know i'm stuck at one out of two slots and they can only you know it's like oh i hate the i hate the limitations on that but i i kind of understand why they do it of course um yeah i don't know i hope they figure out an appropriate system if it means some adjustments or if it means removing it whatever the case may be i'd like to see improvements for sure yeah the I biggest mean, the issue sorry go ahead all right. The biggest issue I've seen with it is my stash now looks crazy because you can't get the same price or you can't buy something for the same price that you sell it for anymore. That That's what I used the flea market for. It was basically a temporary stash. <laughs> yeah. So it, I, I feel really bad for the people who just have the, the base game. Mm-hmm. It, if you don't have EOD, this must be incredibly painful for you. So the very last section of it says, we still need to solve the problem with endless loot. The economy to work the way it was originally intended. In the future, we want to implement it. The, the pro- like, uh, this is the partly thing that I was going back on around around in my own head about it, because the more that time passes, so many things in the game, to me, only make sense with the flea gone. I'm playing more on hardcore. And actually, what like being excited about the items that you, that you keep. Right. I think, again, I was talking about this, like I haven't really formalized this thought, but it's, we've talked about this so many times. Maybe we touch on this a little bit later on, actually. But um, yes, just like the trader system and the flea system together, I think just they're not really like the, the vision that I think Nikita's going for. But well, let's let's uh, let's try and park that actually because we, we could talk about that a little bit later. Let's finish this first, and then um, then we can get through to the rest. But like the other interesting, like is there anything else interesting here? So they talked a little bit about the talk of lighting. Let me go back to my my list just to see if there's anything that was interesting. Talk of lighting, which I don't think was was that important because they're saying like we just want to improve lighting we want to make it better um uh they said surely there was some idea of how you'd like to see the ideal progress path of a player in tarkov let's say they craft bandages for themselves in the hideout hide from enemies and they only plate carry without armor plates to do the initial quest they fear for their life and equipment how should it look and he says like i like a more measured gameplay and slower leveling of character we'll add the story quest the actual process of escaping i like it when a player does not play according to guides and ready-made patterns but studies and explores the game themselves based on their own mistakes and experience the single player approach to the game is very cool explore and develop yourself it's atmospheric which i think is um which i think is 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 neat um i think there's i think there's a difference between for me there's a difference between like you know guides where it's like here's the way things work and like go and choose for yourself versus like this is how you do the rogues and you do this right lean peak here and then you, you go to this bush mm-hmm. and then you do this peak here. You know, I think there's, there's two, two differences there. I think, cause I was like, Oh, does this, you know, is this like, 
is the stuff that I'm doing, I, it's just like, I was just thinking like, is the stuff that I'm doing like detrimental? But I was like, actually, I think probably not, honestly, because it's, it's more about like teaching people to make their own decisions a lot of the time. I try to teach people to fish and I think that kind of stuff is probably all right. Um, just from that perspective, not that it really matters, but I just was reflecting on it. But, um, I, the thing that I think is interesting about it is that, yeah, when a player does not play according to guides and, and ready-made patterns, I mean, that's the thing you need to know, you need to actually know what these things are, otherwise you can't make sensible choices. Um, but I, I think it's just like every time he talks about this it's like they, they craft bandages for themselves you know all, all of this kind of thing the way that right. nobody crafts bandages unless it's economic to do so um, yeah. I keep slipping down the rabbit hole of of, uh, of trying to talk about the economy <laughs> but like oh, I, <laughs> I, I feel like there's a bit of a contradiction in what he says and maybe this is just my interpretation of what he's saying and granted, this is a, a transcription or translation, but it, it, you know, he says he wants the players to. He doesn't want them to to do these guides and patterns, and ex, you know, he wants them to explore the game for themselves. And he says the single player approach to the game is <laughs> very cool. And like when I think of single player, I think of like linear story game. You know, Half Life, Half Life Two, whatever. And it's just like you could look up a half-life guy and it's going to walk you through how to do that. But if you want it to be more explorative and like discovering or, or whatever he's trying to say here, then like, I feel like nonlinear is the way you want to go, which contradicts what potentially I'm assuming storyline quest is going to be, you know, it's just like, I, I don't really understand. I don't know. I just, that's like a big question mark for me is like, I feel like, like I had, um, our buddy had a daily to like get the SJ six and um a, c- a couple other stems and like he had to do like one of them he crafted um and then one you know a couple he went and like looted the med room on interchange like he had to go to different parts of the map you know he had like some previous knowledge I mean yeah you could look up guides like where to find these stems but you know it's it's a it's a step away from going to two hundred three and grabbing the folder you know it's like i that never changes it's always the same that's a really easy guide to make you know what i mean um so i just feel like if they they need to like kind of get away from the the pitfall of like linear progression i I guess because otherwise i just feel like it's going to be so easy for people to make guides about it and the game's already hard to get into yada yada yeah definitely true Definitely true. Dude, it's tough. All right. Let's finish let's finish this quickly and then mm-hmm. we can move on to the next thing. Um Omicron secure container, it's not ready yet. This one actually next is interesting. We propose to change ad quest for leveling sniper rivals. This is a kind of a, an easy segue. Maybe we talk about this stuff next actually, rather than the other way around, like we were originally going to. They actually said, I forgot about this. They said, we propose to change ad quest for leveling sniper rifles in order to exclude the leveling of sniper skills by abusing the bolt action mechanics. In general, there are some quests in the game that are very difficult to complete. For example, Grenadier, Psycho Sniper, and Capturing Outposts. Will their objectives be revised? Some of the quests will probably be adjusted and rebalanced, is what Nikita said. And, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this in a second, all of those quests have literally just been changed. So let's talk about that in a moment. Um, they want to adjust hearing distance on sites. Triple clips for most of the SKS. A bit about the gym and then some post effects. I don't think there's really anything else that's like super interesting in there. So let's talk about these quests then, I guess. Yeah. Let's talk about these quests. So 
I guess let me like do a little preamble. So that question was asked. It's interesting that that question was asked there in particular. And this is why I liked this podcast, honestly, because they asked the, the actual questions that most of the community are often thinking about. Like, why do, why do these quests suck so much? Why is nobody thinking about them? Why, why is nothing being changed? Why is everybody complaining about these things and saying that they're awful game design? They're not, they're not fun. They're not even challenging. They just, they're just awful. Why are they not being changed? And it's good because they've been changed. So right today, we've had um, silent changes. So they're not actually, we, we were talking about this just before the podcast. They're not on Logical Solutions Talk of Changes because I think they're, they're completely silent. They're not visible anywhere within like the public facing side of the code. Don't know where that is, but it's, it's hidden somewhere deeper into the, the server infrastructure, I guess, or, or whatever. I don't know, it's on their side anyway. We, we don't have visibility of it. But what seems to have happened, or things that we've had confirmed so far, is Grenadier has been changed from 12 kills to 8. Helps a little bit. Anybody who was on 8 to 11, like Church, I guess, just quickly handed the quest. Um, capturing Outpost has been changed from 15 kills down to 12. The quest is still awful, so I don't know how much that matters, really, but it's better, I guess. Um, Psycho Sniper seems has been changed from level nine snipers to level eight snipers. Actually, that's actually quite important. And then something that somebody was talking about in my Discord literally like a minute ago before we started. So I haven't been able to verify this yet, and I've only seen it there once, is that maybe the path to Lighthouse extract has been removed as a full-time extract from Shoreline and only sometimes activates. Don't know whether it's now it's only if you spawn in on the east side, it's there. If you spawn in on the west side, it isn't there. I don't know yet. I'm not sure. But somebody said that they tried to use it and it wasn't there. Um, so, so we'll see, but, um, I mean, what does that mean? Like psycho sniper, first off, like, what does that mean? Just like working the mathematics back on that. There's, there's eight. Cause I guess they haven't changed the other quest yet. I wouldn't have thought so. There's eight. Now you get three from that mentor quest. So that means you need to get five. You get one from shooter born in heaven. So that's four. And then you also get one from talk of shooter eight now. Right. So that's, that means you only need to get to three sniper on your own, I believe. And it was already better by one level this wipe because of Tarkov Shooter 8, giving you one extra skill point. And then that's kind of interesting because Tarkov, I can't remember which one it is. Is it Tarkov Shooter 4 where you have to get to level 3 sniper? Yeah, one, four, like or five, or three. I thought one it was three. Is it three? I always it's forget one which those. one it is. Yeah, it's awful. But what that means is now that there's no, there's no gap, basically, you can, go, you can hand in, once you get to three sniper and you do the tarkov shooter quest line that means that you can then hand mentor in straight away not having to get up another level of sniper before you do so now it used to be two you said it gets to level five and then hand in mentor but now you can end in mentor like now if you want which is kind of cool because then you can get your other one from tarkov shooter eight and your final one from shooter born in heaven to get you to eight now um as opposed to nine which is which is pretty neat that, that sort of like smooths it out a little bit because that three to four grind I honestly, like, I could do it if I spent, I mean, how long, it, how long does it take to get from three to four? It probably takes, if you were just solely farming it, like a couple of hours, maybe? I don't know. Maybe a few hours? Maybe less? Maybe like two hours? I don't know. I feel like on average... less. You think less? Go ahead. If, if you're purely going for it, I think it's less. Like, if you go into factory, you stick in your spawn, nighttime factory, you stick in your spawn, do it until you get to diminishing returns grenade yourself or, or go to extract as long as you have enough money i think you do it and you do it pretty quickly because i think you can get 2.5 skill points um and i forget what the amount of time is but it, it's something like a couple minutes essentially yeah so whatever 
whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. Because I think you get down to because I had to, I did it the other day, and I think it took me how how many was it? I think it was like thirty. It was like twenty five rounds or something to get down to the sixty percent. Then another thirty, or maybe it was thirty and then twenty. It was, about, it was about 40, 40 rounds, and then it gets you below like 60% diminishing returns, I think. To reload all of those, it'll probably take you a couple of minutes. Um, but I mean, you still got to like load in, and then sometimes you can die on factory because you've got most in. Or... Okay. This is the thing. Like, I could just never be bothered. This is the problem. It's like I could easily do it. Like it's, it's easy. It is actually easy. Mm. It's just time consuming, and I could never be bothered. And it's one of the reasons why I hardly ever ended up even completing Mentor because I'm like, I've got to wait until I get to the, the skill requirement for sniper rifles. And then I just like never used a bolty again for the whole wipe and just never bothered. Um, especially given that I wasn't quite, I wasn't close to Kappa anyway um, on the more recent wipes. Basically, I was, I was joking about this the other day with chat. Basically, it's like ever since my daughter was born, like I have not been anywhere near close to Kappa ever since, which is pretty funny. Um, but because I wasn't near there, I didn't really have the incentive to do it. It's like, why would I bother? Because then all I'm doing it for is to so that I can hand in Psycho Sniper and not like waste my time if I do eventually need those extra skill levels, because otherwise you're just screwing yourself out. I think it's like it locks M61 or something, so if you don't hand it in, you can't buy that from Peacekeeper. It's just annoying because you have to do the, the craft instead. But, um, I mean, this helps, right? This helps. I think it's I think it's better. I think it's better. I mean, it doesn't fix the mechanics of the whole reloading the motion thing, but it's better. It smooths the progress out slightly. I would prefer it if they made actually shooting people um, with a bolty do yeah. a lot more <laughs> SP. <laughs> that would have made it a lot more bearable because I actually like going into rage with the, with the like, bolt action. So I just can't help but wonder, are they aware of this? You know what I mean? Like, are they aware that this is a common thing that people do? I mean, my buddy, he he's like, and, the, and this ties back into what he said earlier where he said, you know, he wants the the skills to take longer to progress. He wants it to be even longer. Um, my buddy, he'll like, I mean, I do the same with, with sniper skill. You know, every start of the raid, we run SJ6, run to the loot locations, but on the way there, we're constantly loading the Mosin mags, right? Um, and now he's doing this new thing, this swipe, where he's loading an SKS at the start of a raid because he's already got his sniper skills up to whatever he needs it to be for Kappa. Um, but he loves his SKS because you level up your assault rifle skill. And then at the end of the raid, he'll, you know, he'll unpack the mag, load it back up, fire his gun, maybe his primary SKS, but he's also leveling his recoil control skill. And it's like the, in, in this, he does this every raid because the system, like, otherwise you're, you're missing out on free points. You know what I mean? And it's just, like, this weird, like, cheesy gamifying thing. And, like, to him, it's, like, worth it because it's, like, not really any skin off his back. I mean, if money's no issue, yada, yada. I mean, availability, that all that plays into it, of course. But it's just, like, I don't know. I just, I, I yeah. Anyways, I, I won't, I won't go on a tangent any longer, but it frustrates me. I just wish they would, like, don't. Like I'm, I'm glad you're changing the this part of it, but like the the source is still existing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so for the second sniper one, I'm not as worried about because if you're going to grind up to get that, it's not that bad to do. It's not that hard to do. It's just time consuming. Mm-hmm. 
the one that's time consuming that you don't know how long it's going to take you to do. And that's now required for Kappa is the capturing outpost. And there's no reason for, for other players to go there. It should have cut the amount that you needed in half, in my opinion, or yeah. have quests to go there for other people. Yeah. Because unless you're doing that, you're not going to those locations mid-white. Yeah. Have you done them? I have never done cap- capturing outposts. I I got Kappa last white. Um, so I, got, I did say Psycho Sniper. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so many people have been complaining about it. I know I've seen the few, because I think that news went out slightly before everything else, because um, Logical put up about Grenadier and capturing outposts in particular. And a couple of people were like retweeting, being like, this is, it's well, like 15 to 12. It's, it's better because it's closer to zero. You know, it's like that kind of mentality, you know, like it's it's closer to the quest not existing. It's I'd rather 15. It's, it's better 15 than 18. 12 is better than 15, you know, but like, yeah, it's just like having it appear is just the worst thing. Um, the, the quest just needs to be rethought completely. It's like it's it's not hard or, or or challenging per se. It's just, again, it's like an actual grind. And because it's because it's related to the actions of other players that you can't control, that's what makes it suck so much. Right, it's like you can't do anything about that, and that's not the idea of the game. Right, the idea of the game is always supposed to be like creatively working around that, and the only thing you can really do is to like put a flare up and call in an airdrop. Everybody knows what the, the game is with that, so there's nothing you can really do creatively with with that quest. I don't think, um, and so that's why people hate it so much. Like the other quests, even the ones that are challenging and, and difficult, there's usually a few different ways of approaching it. There's potentially a solution for it or there's there's ways of doing it in a more skillful way that are that are harder but maybe do it faster or whatever but this is just it just dumb it just luck sucks. yeah it's just dumb luck yeah i feel that way about a couple other quests um one that we just talked about tarkov shooter 8 is i always try to get that down as soon into white as possible <laughs> yeah because that is the most annoying one when you like you know where the extracts are you know where people are going to be but then you can't find people uh and you just have to like leave raid and it needs to spend 15 minutes going to leave raid because there's not enough people for you to go that, you that one's very yeah that that is like the most frustrating quest i've ever uh, i've ever had i think yeah that, that one's a, a pretty notorious one i haven't actually finished it yet because i was quite late on Again, I just I don't do that much multi stuff, so I was quite late getting to like level three sniper or whatever. I was like, finally, I'll I'll do it, I guess. And then actually whipped through the others relatively quickly, so now I've got that one to do. Um, my biggest issue right now, and this is like this is really stupid. I would actually have tried this earlier, but I hate streaming woods on stream because my very long story short, I basically need fiber and it's coming soon. TM, um, but my bitrate does not really support woods. And I hate streaming woods. Sometimes I'll do it for tasks like every now and then, but like I'm not going to stream like three and a half hours of woods because everyone's going to hate it. <laughs> it just looks so bad. Um, so I'm just like, I kind of like put off playing woods on stream, honestly. It's, uh, I actually would almost be up for it now that, um, now that you can get the, 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 the poor Balti. I'm like, could actually be kind of fun to play Shooter 8 with that, the AXMC or whichever it's called. I think that could be entertaining at least. But is that a bolt action? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the new three three eight is yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I still haven't killed Sturman either. So you need to kill Sturman, then you can unlock it. 
and then you can use the AXMC oh. to go and do Tug of Shooter 3. No, 8, sorry. Yeah, I was thinking about the wrong gun, sorry. Yeah, I I did Tark of Shooter 8. Like, I rushed through, like, beginning of wipe. I, I think I had Tark of Shooter 8 done five days, maybe, or something like that. Because uh, wow. I'm like, I hate the quest that much. And especially now with PS, not one-tapping a thorax. Yeah. Mm. It makes it extremely difficult. You're really handicapped, number one. And number two, have to have people to kill. And people don't go to woods late, late wipe that much. Yeah, exactly. I think um, I think I saw Airwing did it with the new, the new uh, oh, yeah, sniper thing. You know, the MP18, the yeah. break action. He completely took a shoot at okay. eight with that. That that's what I thought you were talking about just now. Um, oh, that's actually interesting. Sorry, I see. Yeah, he did all of them with that. I think it's just as a challenge this way, and he actually managed to complete shoot at eight with it, which is pretty funny. Um. Fair play, right? Fair play, but I'm, 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 I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to do that. At least you'd be really careful about your shots. You know, at least you could be super, super careful about it. But um, yeah, I don't know. So then, like, I guess the other one. So yeah, Grenadier is just you know, it's eight rather than twelve. It's not as hard. It's kind of the same. Um, and then if this path to lighthouse thing is true, it depends on how they end up doing it. I think. It did seem kind of asymmetric to me that people who spawn in on the, the west side. of the map, mm-hmm. yeah, can always just extract immediately out of there. It was very useful when you have survived shoreline fifteen yeah. times, you know, and you don't want to pay attention, so you just like load in. Oh, I'm on the west side. Great, I'll just like line a bush for seven minutes, go make a cup of tea, and come back and just leave, um, just get a free one. Um, so, I guess so. Hopefully, they've done they've done that so that it's like it's sort of sided. Um, I don't know, but yeah, like, here's what it is, I guess. It, I don't think it'll make that much difference. It just stops you being able to do the quick scoot out. Yeah, honest. I mean, I feel like there is a little bit too much traffic in, on that side of the map, like specifically that extract. Um, yeah. Definitely got into a few firefights there. Um, and yeah. It's partly because, like, when you're in resort, it's quicker to get to that one than it is to get to tunnel. Yeah. I think that's why it's, all the tunnel traffic has been redirected there. And yeah. and even if you're going using... to yeah. customs, road to customs, it's still quicker to go to the shoreline, path to shoreline. Yes, yes, true, because it's quite a long way, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, indeed. As much as I like that, I... I think it's probably for the best. <laughs> but I did enjoy so... that extra. Like that's where I get all three of my shooter kills is people going there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good place to get the PMC kills if you need PMC kills on shoreline for dailies, etc. Um, it also makes me think that the open world thing that, which is why I thought they had left it in initially, um, that that's like further out. Yeah, so that that kind of worries me a little bit. I know what you mean because when you're on lighthouse, you do you always have past the shoreline? I think you do, don't you? I think you, you do. It's in the matter what spawn. Is there any spawns that don't? I could look real quick on the. There wiki. may be one, or there may be one. I mm. or there that might have been last wipe. I might be thinking of I feel uh, like this wipe. I've always... never had it, or never not had it. 
Yeah, and so then for that to be symmetric between the two maps, I, I see where you're coming from. I agree because it's like, oh, well, you can always go from that to this, that, this to that. And in my mind, the sort of connected maps method was going to be that for me. That in my mind, that would be one where you go from one map to the next, but you can't go back to your hideout. Maybe you can do something else. Maybe there's a trader on the border between the two or something. But you wouldn't be going back to your hideout there because it's just a, it's just an open field, you know, some swamp. Uh, in the middle of nowhere between one place and another so yeah i i know i see where you're coming from i also had the same thought actually because he's it's interesting when you see the maps connecting and we were trying to piece to piece in where lighthouse actually was compared to the other maps and that kind of thing but um yeah i'm, I'm not i'm not sure i'm really not sure because that's funny because when if, if they do connect all the maps together then i guess they'll bring that back right and the extracts but will the extracts always be open i wonder if hmm, i wonder if there would be situations where an extract that you've just come through, it's then blocked sort of artificially in some way. Say, so, well, you can't go back through there now. You've just come out of there. Some some enemy forces have like blocked it off, or whatever. So now now you're not allowed to just go back. Because otherwise, I guess you could just like infinitely just load between the two maps. I don't know why you would, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it would be an extract. Like, what I imagine, what I initially thought of when I was thinking about open world was. That spot where you get the letter for Jaeger, that that would be some place to like drop your goods. It's like the perfect opportunity. It's like this. There's a couple of structures that I think could potentially be like loot drop areas uh, around that path to lighthouse. So that's that's what my thought was initially with the open world. But taking it out as an extract makes you think that, or if they take it out completely, it makes you think that they may be close to open world. They take it. If they just remove it from like everyone being able to use it, makes me think that they're further away from open, like the open world than um, than I, I thought initially. So, oh, it's a second guess, isn't it? It's pretty tough. Yeah. I'll have to check that out myself and see when, mm. like, if you can still get it when you do. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, cool. So, I mean, if. Uh... Unless you guys have anything else to add about these these quests, I may pick up on what you were talking about with PS fans. I guess um, it's sort of it's sort of it's, it's kind of like the the pathway onto the next topic of the frag bugs, yeah, the ghost in the machine. Very interesting. Has everybody seen Veritas's video about fragmentation? I have been asked probably about <laughs> fifty times at this point whether I've seen that video. Um, any video where I mention fragmentation <laughs> on my entire channel is now peppered with people saying, well, clearly, as uh, the community knows, the fragmentation only occurs on the legs and the, uh, and the arms. Everyone's suddenly become a local authority on fragmentation. Um, within an instant, I had comments within like half an hour on, on the videos I posted like three weeks ago about, oh, God, honestly, it was, it's, it's quite funny. I don't really was mind. I, I, I get it. Was it the same day that you posted the the 556, you know, uh, suggestions, I guess, like which guns to yes. use? Yeah. I was yes, like, I watched it, it and I noticed that you did not include any, like, you know. Correct. And I was Correct. like, oh, I was man, like, he's going to get roasted in the comments. They're going to burn us. I was just like, another video has come out within three hours previously to this thing being posted. And you haven't addressed little. I was just like, there was absolutely no way that I'm re-uploading this thing. Right, it's fine. <laughs> 
It's fine. We'll address it another time. I was like, it's at the end of the video too. So anybody who comments, they've watched all the way through. So, you know, that's, that's, that's fine. They get to, they get to make their, make their comment about it. Um, anyway, interesting one. It's an interesting one. I quite like the way that this came about. Mm-hmm. And it was funny, actually, that it came this way through Desmond um, to Veritas, basically saying, I've never been sh- one shot in the thorax with M61 or BP or any of these other bullets where, you know, and I've played thousands of hours and thousands of raids and I should have died at some point to a one shot thorax. And this just never happened. Do you want to have a look at this? And it's, it's an interesting one because I, I wonder whether I should have noticed because we didn't get any fragments when I was testing the Tasmanian Target SK rig the other day the thorax and i did think about it and we tested for it and we were like oh we didn't get any fragments but i didn't i didn't think about it at the time mm-hmm. like we only did like five shots and stuff but like the, the likelihood of not getting a fragment at some point with like 5501 is actually really quite low but we never really connected the dots. So we're like, oh no fragments great it means the test is like nice and clear because like, we were thinking about something completely different right so we almost could have uncovered that ourselves actually um when we were doing it but just like didn't really think about it which is kind of interesting so okay so We'll, co- we'll, we'll cover the super broad basics, right? This is going to turn into a, a very quick lesson. The fragmentation stat is on every round. When something fragments, the long and the short of it is it does one and a half times damage. So you get a 50% damage boost. It's like a crit. Rounds under 20, uh, 20 penetration don't fragment. They've never fragmented. Been a long-standing bug in the game. My personal opinion that it's actually a feature because the ammo stats are basically balanced around that. Like if, if it suddenly worked one day, rip rounds would do nearly 400 damage in one shot to the leg because they've got 100% frag chance, which would be absolutely bonkers insane. Mm-hmm. So there's lots, of, there's lots of places in the ballistics chart which look like they're, they know and it's balanced around that fact already. Um, but anyway, so no, nothing under 20 pen um, fragments. The bug that's been uncovered is kind of what we just mentioned, what Desmond's observation was to Veritas, which is that if you get shot in the thorax or the stomach, as a PMC, it appears that bullets cannot fragment at all, no matter what they are, no matter what the pen is, no matter what the bullet is. They tested a load of high-end rounds. I can't actually, I was looking for the list, but I can't remember what the list of bullets that Fertos did, but it was at least like M61 and like a couple of other like high-tier ones. So I wondered whether maybe there was a bug the other way around. Um, I'm actually putting a video out, and I, and I finished it, it's uploaded. So uh, this is some of that information, I guess. I thought maybe there'd be some bug where it's like the other way around. So over a certain pen, maybe it doesn't fragment anymore. Oh, you can okay. always imagine that. Yeah. So the rounds that I was testing were the ones that are more in the middle and the ones mm-hmm. where I think it makes more difference, actually. So T46M, because I've talked about this in the past, 556, um, 55A1 and 56A1, because those two are used a lot and they have a really high frag chance. So it makes it easy to test because you're supposed to get fragment one in every three. If you shoot 10 times, you don't get one. It's like, it's pretty much a dead third. So... I went into offline with somebody. We tested it there. We agreed to Veritas' test. I was talking to Tower as well, and he was apparently talking to Veritas afterwards. Um, and the one kind of like, I guess, bug in their methodology or whatever is that they only used co-op offline um, and they didn't test it in the live raid. So just to square that circle, we went yeah. and did that. So we went and tested the two five five six rounds in the live raid. They also don't fragment um, on the thorax. Which is pretty interesting. Um, and the, the only other thing, I think, for, in terms of sort of like background information of like what could be wrong was there was a, a Twitter post that somebody 
Somebody posted on Twitter on my retweeted post from Veritas's video, basically saying, I could have sworn that me, I, had one-shot scavs in my T46M video for the SVD. And I was like, yeah, I did. It did, it, and it does happen. And I went into Offline Factory, and you can, one every five shots, one-shot AI scav with T46M, right? which is fascinating, because it happened to me in live raids, um, and it still happens in offline, like solo. Now, maybe offline solo is different to the other two. I think that's highly unlikely. Um, Veritas himself actually replied to me and was like, there's only one other thing that could potentially be it. It seems really unlikely, but it could be that there's something to do with the fact that PMCs tagged together as a squad don't fragment. So maybe it is working out in live if you're not part of a squad, but if you are part of a squad, it isn't working. He was like, uh, you said something to the effect of I can feel myself like face palming, even just mentioning that suggestion. So, <laughs> you know, if that if, if the spaghetti code goes that far, then yeah, so, God help us all. You know? But wait, I'm sorry. I want to be clear on this. It You did get a fragmentation against a scav. Correct. On T45M. Yep. Okay. I could have tested it with five or six, but I, I thought it was easier to test with... Actually, that may be a good idea to go and test that with 556 because I could run in, but then the armor kind of makes it more complicated. I'm, no, it probably well, shouldn't, actually. If I use, like, 55A1, it'll auto-pen, so I could just go through and do one shot, and I can go run out and do it, like, five times or something, and eventually I'll have one shot that's 50% more damage. But with T46, it's easy, right, because you just you aim at the scav, and you go click, and they die, right? And then you run out of the raid, and it says thorax. So that was the way I was like, okay. I'm pretty sure that it's working against scavs. And I did it a couple of times. I'm like, it's not like through the arm and then hitting the head with a fragment piece or whatever. Like I shot them in the chest. It said thorax at the end. It only took one shot, you know, and I've, and I've done it in live raids when I was using T46. I'd like have a clip in the video of me one shotting a scav on customs with T46. So like, I'm, I'm pretty certain that it's working for scavs, not working for PMCs. But um, scavs with armor or without armor? I don't think it matters. Okay. Because I, I forget, I was, matters, was I the Veritas' video, was it with armor? With the, It's just chest or thorax, doesn't they matter. Both. They tried okay. it they tried okay. without, they tried it with. Um, the armor gotcha. doesn't make any difference at all. Gotcha. So, that's the short take. Um, well, I mean, what this means, it's up to your own interpretation, right? As to like what you use and whether it's important or not. Like it, it makes five five six a bit less good and other rounds like that. There's some there's like a whole set of rounds that have got about thirty pen. Oh sorry, thirty fragmentation chance, thirty percent, which is like five five six A one or sorry, five six A one, five five A one, M nine M five as well, which because of the lower damage, it actually suffers a bit because you should be able to two tap a lot of the time if it fragments, because it's actually got quite a high frag chance. But now it's like basically all these rounds are like three shot rounds always. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a handful of other stuff. The T46 is the LPS is the M80s, which are all kind of 17% chance or something. So one in five times, if you get a pen through class four or whatever, you should just insta kill somebody. But that will never do that with those rounds. Um, so it's, it's interesting. Who knows how long this has been the game for? Because if this is like a long term observation of Desmond, for example, yeah, this could have been here for. I forever. think it has been. Like, yeah. well like, maybe not forever <laughs> yeah because like who tested this like no fam like five years ago or yeah something? Right, right like has anybody ever tested this stuff ever since you know what i mean and like it just makes me wonder something else i wrote on twitter it makes me wonder like what other untested assumptions do we make just generally speaking mm -hmm. you 
Like, and how and how often do you have to test this stuff? Do you have to like test every month? Like test all the mechanics every month? Do we have to test the pen chance percentages every month? Go and do like a heuristics thing in raid? Like, oh, we did it this many times and it looks to be about right. So I guess we could, guess it's still okay. Like, yeah, it's like it's it's so hard to do it, right? So hard. Yeah, I don't know. I actually uncovered this prior really? to the the video. Yeah, um, I gathered about three hundred sixty-eight. Approximately three, no, 330. Um, I was trying to ca calculate armor damage, get that equation, which is, mm, I don't think it's possible, based off of the data I got. But I didn't get a single, well, I thought I got a frag chance on the thorax. One single frag chance using BS ammo. Turns out that was a bug. thought I got one using US ammo, PACA, that I know was a bug, but with the fragmentation, I mean, with a fragmentation chance of ten percent, I I tested BS. I want to say probably a hundred shots. The first shot that I did into an arm, sixty HP, right off. So I had a feeling that fragmentation chance was no longer being like applied to <laughs> to thorax or or. At least the armor zones, which is thorax um, that I was testing. Yeah. And when was when was this that you uh, you found this out? I want to say two-ish weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I have, a, I have a whole set of data. Um, there, there may be one or two pieces of information that's corrupted in it. Because um, I was gathering it kind of lifetime when I was doing it, but. Like I did notice that nothing fragmented ever, except for BS, which did not happen. Actually, it was a, it must have been a bug, because um, it should have fragmented a lot more. But I, yeah. I noticed that there was a discrepancy in fragmentation chance when you shot limbs versus not. Mm -hmm. At that point, didn't put it in my video though. <laughs> but fair enough. When. When Desmond, like the video opens up and Desmond says, or, you know, Veritas quotes Desmond, like, I've never died to M61 by a fragment chance, like a one shot. And like, you know, I thought about that too. And I was like, oh yeah, I don't think I've ever, like, I only think of one instance on the death screen where like, and I'm sorry, but the death screen, like stat sheet of where you took damage is confusing as heck for me, dude. I can't make heads or tails of it sometimes, but <laughs> I do like have one vivid memory of like having a fragmentation. I don't think it was the chest, but it took like a lot of damage, you know? Um, and I want to say there's a icon specifically for fragmentation. I, I now I want to test this. Um, or maybe it, maybe I, it's not an icon, but maybe it says fragmentation, but I want to, I want to test it now to sh shoot someone in the arm and see if you can, after enough shots, you should proc a fragmentation, and then they'll die, and they could check their death screen. Does it say, does it say two? Dude, I, I'm, like, when I say the death screen's hard for me to understand, I'm being, <laughs> yeah. like, dead ass. Like, it's, I, I, I think it's a really bad... You could, we could test that really easily. I think it might say two or something, because it, it's it almost might. like the way that, you know, on your own screen, if you go to fragment, it says, oh, rounds fired one, hit count two. Yeah. You know, 
Or it's like it's that weird thing of in that case it probably doesn't work. I, I'm not I'm not sure if it bugs out, but you know, it says like rounds fired rounds fired ten, hit count five, accuracy thirty percent. And people go, huh, what's happened here? But it's like two of the rounds, you only hit them three times. So the hit count is correct, but that implies three hits. But five, five hits in the stat screen means that two of the rounds fragmented. You know what I mean? Like, so when, when it's on your side, it counts as a hit for the stats, even though you actually only connected three rounds out of your gun with their player model. You know what I mean? You got five hits because two fragments happened, and so those those bullets counted twice. Um, oh yeah, someone has, there's someone's written in chat. There's one that says like collateral from L arm. I think is one of the things that it says. Mm. But that's when you isn't that when it's black? Isn't that the black? Yeah, that, that's, over? that's overflow damage. Yeah, I think that's the overflow. That's actually an interesting one. Like, how does it show up? How does it even show up? Because if it shows just like two, then you wouldn't know necessarily. If it yeah. was like M61 and it fragmented, and it says just like M612 because it had a fragment and you and both counted, you wouldn't necessarily know. You just like shoot, get somebody to shoot you in the arm with like any of the 556 weapons until you get a fragment and then just leave the raid and just see what the post raid screen says. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because I, I want to say my memories come back to me. We were trying to figure out how I died or how he died, one or the other, and we were like trying to decipher the cryptic. <laughs> post raid death screen and the conclusion we probably came to is like fragmentation must have occurred because there was some weird you know inconsistency with with the the data that was being presented um yeah now i want to test that you know it's interesting this could be intentional to up the time to kill <laughs> it could potentially. be potentially and i really wonder because you mentioned the scaf thing, I wonder if when scaf shoot you, there is also an ability to fragment. Because I, I swear there have been times where I died determined like one in one shot. I think um, using PS or SMB, and definitely other bosses as well. <laughs> in in the dark. That's a very, very good point. I have a clip somewhere of me getting M6 wand one tapped by a scav in the chest. Somewhere. Let me see if I can find it while we're talking. Yeah, this <laughs> opens me, up. You're thinking now. Hmm, yeah, this whole kind of worms, isn't there? So many more questions with this. Because if it's like, for whatever reason, let's say it's bugged for players versus players. It could answer a lot of questions about scavs doing like insane damage. Like, dude, just the other day I was doing reserve drop down into the little drop down room. And as I was dropping down, there was a scav like right outside underneath that was just, you know, dead silent. And he's one on Suka. And he, of course, he has PS rounds in his AK and he just starts ripping me up, dude. And I got class five armor, but I am like at 100 HP, broken leg, trying to just like get into the window, like, no, don't kill me, AI scav, please. But yeah, he did like giga, giga damage to me. Yeah, I, I had a horrible experience on reserve. Actually, like it was either yesterday or the day before. I think it was two days ago. And um, I had a, I had like a Gen 4, you know, the middle one. Like it's not the biggest one. What's it called? It's uh, Salt, I think. Gen oh. 4 Salt. Okay, yeah. And I think I got it from a quest. I was just like, oh, oh we'll just right, use right, it. Right. I was just like chatting around on reserve. And um, 
I started taking like mega damage, like omega damage from this scav. I'd like long range. I was like, what the hell? And then we ended up killing the guy. We had to like go and loot him out of the open because the whole of chat and me were just like, what does he have, man? What does he have? Mm -hmm. And the guy's got like M855A1. I was just got, I got absolutely <laughs> grilled by this scav from, I was at train station, you know, outside of the, as you're coming through the doors towards the K buildings. Mm -hmm. um, I was like at those doors basically. And he was just in front of the bunkers, like where you go to extract. Yeah. And uh, I was like, oh, there's a scav. It's fine. I was like, I can take a few hits. I had like a face shield on and like a class five armor. And it was just like, my health bar was just like, you know, up in the corner. It's just like red, red. You know, my arm is like half HP. I was like, what the frick does he have? This is insane, man. So they ran around the whole back of train station and killed him from above. And then like, yeah, he's just like <laughs> packing four mags of 55A1 in an ADAR. I was like, my God, it's insane. Um, I did actually find it. Was... I've actually found it, by the way. I've actually found it just quickly. Mm -hmm. So it's what I had. So I got shot once. And it says, um, like, in, interestingly, it says collateral from left arm. So I think my arm got shot first and blacked. And then it says M61 brackets two on my thorax. Make it that what you will. But you think it's okay. Yeah, we got to do some testing then. I died instantaneously. All right, so I was fighting this scav. Mm -hmm. I died instantly. And the the post-raid screen has got equal, but like, you know, you're dead and need to heal up from half health limbs, except right. for the left arm, which is at six out of 60, like much lower than the other limbs. And mm. it just says on the thorax, which is where, where the death icon is, the death icon's on the thorax. And it says 762 by 51 M61, collateral from left arm, 762 by 51 M61 brackets two. Which is fascinating. So, I don't know. Whether it penned the left arm, went through. Yeah. Fragmented, like, I, dude, I don't know. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry, what were you going to say, Caesar? Um, I'm sending you something right now. Okay. You, we're going to find a very interesting uh, screenshot. Taking a long time to upload. Try it again. <laughs> uh, I was actually talking with um, another content creator who has very few views, uh, or at least just getting started, mm. uh, help, uh, helping him out. And I reviewed one of his clips, and he died to his scab with M61. And there is one shot that he died to. Interesting. On on the on the post red screen, one single shot, and I want to prove it by sending you a screenshot. But in <laughs> processing, apparently, processing a screenshot. Okay, well, I I, I believe you, but um, I'm like I'm, I'm looking at my clip now because I, I like here. I'll send you the video link. Whereabouts is it Good. in the uh, in the vid? Uh, it's twenty uh, second twenty six. 26. Oh, here it is. Ah, uh, uh, uh. uh, there we go. I see. This is. It says like, what does that say? Previous damage. I wonder when this was. I don't think I've ever seen my UI say previous damage before. on his video. That's that's really weird, no? Do you does it normally say previous damage to you? I have not seen that before. I don't know what that means. 
But I, Previous damage is when you go into raid and not full health. Someone's saying in chat. Maybe he didn't have his thorax fully healed. Maybe. That, that could be it. Carry over damage. Hmm. Dude, this is like, I'm so infuriating to test anything in this game. Oh my god. And I, this is going to be so hard to test to actually figure out what the, what the answer is. Because how often do you run into M61 scouts and yeah. then die to them? I know. I mean, the only other thing, this would be some major spaghetti code, but what if you could like play your scav into a live raid? Is it like flagged for scavs? Like PMCs can't fragment in these areas, but scavs can for whatever God knows reason. You know, could you actually do it? Is it not a player to player interaction possibility? Is it only like AI to player? Is this even a thing at all? There's a lot of a lot of testing. A lot of man hours that needs to be just grinded down. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, they really they really are. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I guess like the other the other way, like it's the, one of the issues I had is like, how do you even get scavs into the same race as PMCs? Like it's you can't really snipe it because they go in at a different really time. Hard, yeah. You know, because that's what you want. You sort of want. I mean, I know with AI scavs, it's just it's impossible to know. But even with a player scav, if they had M six one, it's like how do you give the PMC gear to the scav to then then shoot you and test it? You know what I mean? And would it's that like, be the same thing as an AI scav? Actually, do we know? You know, yeah. maybe 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 player scavs can't fragment on PMCs as well. Maybe only AI scavs can. Maybe you can't kill a, a scav who's controlled by a player with a fragment. Maybe you can only kill AI scavs with a fragment. It's like, it's hard and very hard to test. I guess... It's very, very hard to test. I guess one way of doing it would be finding a scav of, like, a hunter because they probably have, mm. what, BPZ or... B what is that mm, one around? Time, yeah. And is... Like is T TCW? Yeah, is it, doesn't one of those have well, a high... The ones that are not M80, you know? <laughs> I know one of those has a uh, high... Go ahead. The ones that do a lot of damage, so when you, you're definitely going to have your stomach blacked out no matter what. It's just how much damage the rest of your limbs take. Ultra Noiser, that's the one. That one has a 70... Oh, wait, it has pin. No, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Anyways, they have, they have like 20 pin, the TCW, the, the BP, BCP... Has like twenty five fragmentation. Um, I don't know. That'd be like the only thing I could think. It's like you find that scav, that hunter scav, and then you just like, I don't know what kind of armor you would want to wear. It, it just sounds like a nightmare to test, but I don't know. Yeah, fact maybe factory on horde mode would be a, a decent you know roll of the dice. You could find a scav with a decent any like any adar scav probably would do because most of those round has like a decent fragmentation test. Hmm. I think. Okay, so I'd like I've been like flipping around in my clip a little bit more, mm -hmm. just reminding myself of exactly what happened. I think it's like even more complicated than that. Know. So I think my arm got blacked previously by M18 the raid, but I healed it. That's why it was started lower. The arm itself that got shot has got one damage, one set of damage from M80, which I think was before that. That's the first line. Then the second line is the is one single shot of M61. And then the thorax has the two M61 shots on it. So it's got like so basically, it's like the, the, the arm got the arm took one M80 previously, and then one M61, and then my thorax itself has then got the two M61 shots on it. So something weird happened, and it like went through the arm, 
and then like fragmented into pieces as well as the original round coming through and like killing me or something i, I, I don't know it's very it's very weird but there's basically there was only it was only one shot because the arm only took one shot very odd very odd these scab bugs are impossible because like we can't control the ai and we can't we yeah. can't see what it's like from their perspective so that's that's the issue and it's the same as people are talking in chat about like you know the multiple damage bug from raiders and, and guards and that kind of thing where you only hear one shot and then you have like three bp on your chest and you, you you're dead um that kind of stuff which is could yeah. be fragments could be Maybe. right <laughs> it's possible i, I kind of want to likely i think i don't know like what does this mean though like because i was like like now thinking about it it's like man m61 should be kind of more you know or even m80 you know you you I feel like you should get those one taps and i guess in your mind you think 17 percent. you know oh that's such a low percent chance because there is times where you just like one tap someone and you're like, oh, you know, he just died. I guess I got a fragment. But maybe, you know, he wasn't full HP. Maybe he got shot mm. at previously. Like, it's just like no way of knowing. Maybe you shot him in the arm or someone shot him in the arm and they blacked his arm and he took some some thorax damage. It's hard to say. But, like, if they were to fix this, I would like to see... I would like to see the system because right now it seems like we're playing on a incomplete system where fragments don't work yeah on the chest and stomach chest arguably the most important one because you could one tap people with m61 17 percent of the time it's kind of crazy to think about yeah yeah exactly i mean i'm intrigued now as to whether i actually died because the ram fragmented and penetrated because of m61's high penetration straight through the left arm fragmented into two pieces and then because it hit my thorax with both pieces then i died so it was a fragment, but it was a fragment like from the arm itself. Well, I guess it could have been. I guess it could have been a fragment on the on the chest specifically after the arm. There are some funky mechanics which I don't think anybody really understands. Which is like what happens when a round goes through somebody completely. Yeah. Like there's there's some stuff where like any any time that I've asked anybody who actually really knows about this kind of stuff. The two things that people start to get a little bit like, whoa, you're entering into Tarkov voodoo land here. Like whenever I've asked anything about ricochet chance is the first one. <laughs> and the second one is about penetrating and you know, rounds hitting multiple body parts. Like people just start getting like, whoa, it's, it's all, it's, we're into weird Tarkov voodoo space. Like nobody really knows how this stuff works. Um, it's because it's like, it's too, too difficult to, to test properly. There's not enough controls to put in place and the outcomes are too random. Um, yeah, I'll man. tell you one thing, though. It does not do double armor damage <laughs> if it goes through you, which you think it would. That's good to know, actually. That's good to know because I was asked that question and I didn't know the answer because I haven't looked into it specifically yet. I guess like the round hits, armor check happens. And yeah. then once it actually goes through and is into the flesh bit of the calculation, then it decides whether it fragments or not, I suppose. That's good to know, though. And it doesn't do extra damage when it fragments. I suppose it makes sense, too, I suppose. No, it, it doesn't do double armor damage, so it doesn't hit your armor on the way out and do damage there. 
Like if you pin through your oh, armor. Oh, see if it goes through and comes out the other side. Mm -hmm. Yep. I did all of my testing in a Connex box on customs. And you you could hear the the rounds ping off at the end. Oh, I see. And what I, you mean. I didn't get any weird numbers. Okay. Yeah, okay. Fine, makes sense. I think there was like the the weirdest one I had. I think I headshot a scav. He was on on top of power station on shoreline with some tracer. I can't remember what it was. Um, hit him in the head. And it was just like seeing the tracer go just off into the distance, like headshot the scav, but then the, the tracer's just like, because it was, it was sort of at dusk or something. So you could see it really easily. And it was like just reflected outside of this dude's skull, out of this scav's <laughs> skull. I was like, man, that's pretty nuts. Like one shot him, but then the round just carried on off into the distance somewhere. Kind of crazy. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, I mean, all of our understanding about like what feels good and what doesn't feel good. I mean, there's a lot of value to that, right? Because like our feeling of what what is good and what isn't good, what gets you killed, what doesn't get you killed, takes into account all of what's actually in the game, even though we're not calculating it, right? You know, do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that that feel. People feel when something's good or bad or something's off or not based yeah. on how things are, and I still think, I still think like five five six is still all right. Like it's not it's not like 762 BP or uh, or the M80 and, and above. But it's still decent. It's still better than 545 in my opinion. It still feels okay. You still get fragments on limbs if you're just like spraying like crazy at somebody. It's not the end of the world. Like it changes the... Sometimes you won't... Like before you might have got a two-tap on their Thorax, but now it's always three. But it was only ever a chance. And with the range mechanics, it kind of diminished that anyway. So I still think it's probably all right. It's just, yeah, there's like certain circumstances now where you don't you don't toot up them, but given it's a very much like a more of a spraying round than a sniping round, especially now the way people use it with the ranged drop off, I still think it's all right, and it still feels all right. It's felt okay to me this wipe, like it's felt quite strong. I think just like the base damage buffs have had quite a lot to do with that for me, anyway. But I don't think I don't think five five six is in the bin, at least not as far as I'm concerned. No, yeah, I mean. I think the big thing with five five six is its price. Like especially once you get it from skier, mm. get ninety per reset for like five hundred some rubles. Like that's like over half the cost of BP. Um, and, it, and it's like a like it's a really good budget round that's like capable of going toe to toe of late wipe with some you know good players. So it's okay. Yeah. Like if you don't if you don't mod your seven sixty two BP taker weapons, mm -hmm. it's arc, right? And whereas like a five 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 A one, you can just stick it in an MDR. Like it's that's a huge benefit, yeah, right? It's yeah. like it's it's good for that kind of like late game budget. Like, yeah, you need the levels, but you can just like run and gun with some cheap weapons and just like not worry about it too much. But um Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, dude, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether this is going to get fixed, whether it's going to get changed, whether this is intentional. Kind of remains to be seen. Maybe, I mean, I, w I don't think it's out of the question that we'll see a change. I don't think they'll say anything, but I think we might see a change or something happen, or maybe it'll get referenced in the next big patch, you know, fixes for da-da-da-da-da, you know, in the notes when they haven't, in the bug fixes, you know, made changes to player fragmentation and da-da-da, something like that. I don't think that... I think it's probably 50-50 that we get something along those lines. Whether it's a good thing or not, I'm not actually sure. Because, like, as I was saying, it feels kind of fine. Um, and not getting one-taps randomly by M80. It's probably okay. 
yeah all things considered like more rng is not necessarily better even though it's realistic um i'm just talking like with a gamer hat on obviously uh yeah dude i don't know i don't know weird one though it's amazing it's taken so long to yeah like, raise its head into the public domain mm-hmm. i think but kind of makes sense because of co-op offline and people being able to test this stuff more easily this is one of the anticipated things that we thought was going to allow a lot more easy testing, and it definitely does. So. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Well, um, I think we've reached in pretty much the end of our time. I know we wanted to talk some economy know, stuff. But... economy stuff. We ended like, <laughs> uh, always the way. There's so much stuff to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, dude, thanks for uh, coming on. I know you... you uh, Message me, and this is like you know, been maybe the second or third time that you know, people someone has messaged and be like, Yeah, dude, sure, why not? Come on the show, you know, let's talk. Dude. And uh, like Giga said earlier, it's always good to get outside perspectives and then you know, unique perspectives from people. And so, uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking the time out, come on the show, and talk to Tarko with us. Appreciate you having me, and definitely really interesting, and a lot of takeaways actually. It's cool. Yeah, it's been good, dude. Thanks for coming on. Where can um, people find you at? What's the easiest way to get in touch with your con- content? Um, uh, that's, that's actually not that easy. Um, <laughs> if you search, if if you search CZTL on YouTube, you'll you'll find me. And that's not the actual name of my channel, though. It's something I had to make it something weird. Uh, but I'm, I think. CZTL zero on Twitter, if I remember correctly. I'm also CZTL on Twitter, but that's my like personal account. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a- any of that, but um, it's CRSTALLI on YouTube. That's the actual na- name of my channel. Cool. Awesome. Well, I think that brings us to the close here, guys. Thanks everyone for tuning in. And with that, catch you all next week.